Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. to have this conversation with Elise. Uh, I'm gonna let her introduce herself, tell her story. Uh, as you know, on Turmeric and Tequila, this is completely free reign, free space to speak. Uh, we've had a host of incredible voices, points of view, uh, completely diverse topics from fitness to politics to you name it. Um, Elise is a fabulously educated human. Um, and a lot of these people. <laughs> that's what's up. And uh, I'm pumped about this particularly, particularly because uh, she's incredibly cerebral and smart, and uh, she's funny. And her comedic ability is—I don't—I don't even know that she's aware of of how strong it is. Um, she did the opening to or the introduction for the keynotes today, and uh, when you can. When you have somebody that's super smart and you have the ability to have comedic timing, it's incredibly powerful because you can create a vulnerable, like you know, open situation and, and weave in a heavy message. So I'm just gonna put that out there and let you know. <laughs> like I hear you and I see you and I think you've got um, some incredible ability. So without that, introduce yourself. Tell us about you. Welcome. Let's do this. I like to um, have long walks on the beach, <laughs> sip wine out of. To go cups. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I want to first say thank you for even inviting me here to share the space with you. Um, I'll get the tequila later on. I got you. you know, I appreciate See that big one five seven. But as far as just to answer your question about like, well, not your question, but your statement about being comedic. Um, it wasn't until about six. My grandparents raised me, so it wasn't until about, about six or seven years ago. I said something in the kitchen that I typically always say around my sister because me and my sister are really close. Um, but typical sisters have ups and downs or whatever. And my grandmother was like, "You're really funny. <laughs> How the hell you didn't know this?" Like, and I was like, I, "You know, like I'm your, like, you've raised me. You ch- you've seen my ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't know. Thanks, but." You know, people ask you like, "What's your sign? Are you a Capricorn?" And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, you're so serious." And I'm like, "I do, I do have two sides. Like, I can be very straight to the point, or then you see this other side. And when people usually see the other side, which I have leaned into a little bit more, especially the humor, um, it's because I had to recognize to get through this work, like, you can't get people to open up if you're up there making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, hundred percent. And well, the podcast is turmeric and tequila. It's like the juxtaposition of being all things mm-hmm. because it's all because you we are all those things. Like we do get boxed into these these situations, but that's not the you you're both sides, and mm-hmm. then you put it together and outpours power and message. So, Listen. okay, so I never introduced myself. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, my name is Elise Smith. I am a second year doctoral student here at Indiana University studying urban education. And I'll get into my research interests a little bit later. But um, I moved to Bloomington, Indiana, uh, August of 2016 to start my master's in higher education student affairs. So, you know, when I got down here, the story was, you know, Bloomington is just this place like you come here and you leave. And I'm like, okay, I get it. It's a college town. I haven't been here before. And other people's experiences, I'm never going to negate their experiences by saying, oh, I didn't see exactly there. But I saw the space for a lot of opportunity. Opportunity that you can literally be a big fish in a small pond if you take the opportunity to do it here. And I didn't understand that until I started running into individuals through the city. So, nevertheless, um, from Detroit, Michigan, 
after I graduated May 2018, I started my PhD um, at IUPUI, which is an hour away from here in Indianapolis, um, in urban education. And what else about me? I am the creator of Fatness Fiction. Fatness Fiction is very intentional. We could talk about that a little bit later as well. I'm trying to get through this introduction really, really fast. You're good. No, hey, we're in no rush. Dude, oh, this we're is, not? Oh, heck no. Oh, you got time and space and energy and drinks. You going to take my time. Yeah, um, please, by all means. But, um... Uh, coming to that space and just like having the conversation about what does it mean to be a student here being those spaces so i was just like great and then last year i had the wonderful opportunity of being the mc of be golden chelsea reached out literally probably like maybe not even two weeks before the conference wait you did mc it last year i did oh my gosh my i didn't even put two and two together i i mean these conferences they, they get busy in york I was, I was a speaker the first two years so I was pumped this year to just do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it's like running. You can't get it all in. So um, it's all coming back to me now. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yes. Yes. It seeps in slow. Yes. So they asked me to come back this year and say, would you MC? I'm like, heck yeah. You know, you're nervous, but it's when I get on a stage or get in front of a mic, it like it just turns on. And I never could understand when people say that. I'm like, no, you have to rehearse it. But nothing I ever do is rehearsed. And I know that's probably... Somebody is probably passing out. What? You don't rehearse now? You know, something important. I would definitely have an outline, go over, put the thoughts in my head. But, like, um, by nature, everything I've done is self-taught. So I'm a self-taught photographer. I have a podcast as well. I figured that out off the whim. I'm a, you know, spoken word artist. Anytime I even perform spoken word, none of it is written. Yeah. Um, If it is, you'll see my phone out. If it's not, all of it comes off the top of my head in that moment. I completely believe, I mean, seeing you perform or execute, mm. uh, I completely, and I'm a, I'm a similar animal where I just, it's better for me to just go off the cuff versus over rehearse, but I don't interrupt your flow, but I'm not with you on that. This is a discussion. We have to do these so. things. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, like, I've heard people say, oh, you should do stand-up comedy. And I'm like, I'm situational funny, in my opinion. Like, it had, depends on the situation. Like, if we're in that moment, it's like, to make it lighthearted and just be a situation where, you know, we can have a good time, I'll do it then. But if you just was like... Be funny. I'm like, not a joke box. Damn it. You're not about to stick a quarter in me and then be like, here's your dope. Like, that's not okay. how it works. But, uh, yeah, you know, I do a lot. I sleep little, but this is, this I, is the ground. While you're young, you, you got to get it all in right now. I've been old all my life. <laughs> like, I actually, I can see old soul for sure. I am definitely an old yeah. soul. You know, yeah. even now when I think about, like, fashion and clothing, especially... Um, because I do my work around bigger bodies, fat bodies, plus size bodies, you know, people are like, oh, we want to wear, you know, smaller shirts or we want to wear little shorts. And I'm like, just because of the household I grew up in, I'm all for it. Like, if you want to walk around in pasties, I'm going to be down the street like, do it, sis. <laughs> we talked about pasties last night, by the Listen, way, so you know. They, they, we were, I was like, let me get some, but the way my breasts are set up, they're not little. So if you can find out where they are after I put them on, kudos to you. But uh, I think in that space, like, um, my, the way I dress, the way I carry myself is still spunky, but yet it's still a little bit reserved. And that's just because of where I, the way I grew up. Like, I grew up in a Baptist household. They weren't, like, strict. But I, my, I mimic my grandmother. My grandmother is literally the person who cuts the grass. And I used to hate Thursdays because on Thursdays I would hear the lawnmower. When I got off the bus, I was like, ah, I got to cut grass all day. Yeah. So, you know, and my grandfather, he was a truck driver. So, you know, he was always gone. So my grandmother did, like, a lot of stuff around the house. So for me... Most of that stuff that most, you know, female identifying individuals would say, oh, I would never do that. That's not a woman's job. Oh, my like, shit. You better get out there and cut them heads. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, but I love how these, like, early, like, unintentional life lessons mm-hmm. open up your uh, mind. And, again, it kind of shapes your reality of what is and isn't. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you started day one with strong female and household, fully capable 
executing she these jobs yes. and here you are yeah 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 yes but what a blessing is that like early on to have that implemented into your mind of you know we're glad you're gonna do this regardless we need this done i mean especially when you know your grandmother has a shotgun it changes the whole <laughs> <laughs> it changes the whole dialogue like, okay well yeah that's what's up <laughs> thank you all for listening this has been uh, elise but no literally she had a, um it was a point in time before social media got big uh I go on tangent, so tell me to stop whenever. This podcast, go. I love attention. But um, (laughs) it was Crushbot, which was before, like, I think it was before MySpace. Okay. And Crushbot was this place. What is it? Crushbot? Crushbot. It went away, though. Crushbot. I I had MySpace. Like, I'm of of that age, so, okay. Yeah, so it was, like, right, either it was right before or, like, literally the same week, like, MySpace introduced itself. So, Crushbot was out. And um, it was another one called Black Planet. So if I'm just dating myself a little bit, but anyway, um, Crush Bot, and then we had to make a username. So you know, you make a username just like Instagram or anywhere else. And I didn't want something that people would just do. Like I always wanted to be di- different. So my username was my grandma got a gun. Literally, that was my username. Keeping it on brand. Okay, perfect. Listen, yeah, I was like, my grandma yeah. got a gun, and like I, I seen somebody from like, I hadn't seen them in years. And I was like, remember your username was my grandma got a gun? I said, she's still oh. Yeah, well, that branding, where if somebody remembered it down the road, you know, I mean, I don't know what your brand intention was there, but you nailed it. I just, I just wanted people to be like, who the hell would say? My grandma got a gun. Your grandma, yeah. yeah. Grandma, she'll pull it out on you. Love you, grandma. I think we need some more grandmas with guns, honestly, looking at our young people. And I got faith in our young people. I'll put that out there 100%. Faith. A little, uh, some more boundaries wouldn't be the worst thing. Mm-mm. See, I feel like my grandma will shoot you and come over there and put a Band-Aid on it. Like, next time, don't bring your ass in my yard. Yeah. Like, okay, well, here's that. You're going to jail. But anyway. That's like the Sour Patch Kids where they, like, cut your pigtail off, but then they, like, give you a hug. Yeah, she sour her whole way through, though. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's no sweet. Like, you'll see my grandma, and it's really crazy because you hear stories about this. Like, um, when people see my dad, like, your grandmother is just the best. I'm like, what the hell are you looking at? Like, I love my grandma to death. I love her to death. She'll never hear this, so I'm not worried. So, <laughs> Two uh, sides. Two good tequila. Just don't cross the line. You're just, good. Just don't cross it. She's yeah. always been like that. But like you said, I definitely think those strong images created who I am today and give me the ability to laugh at things while still educating about situations that most people would be like, no, I can't do that. Like my conversation about body image, fatness, what does it mean to exist in this space didn't come because my grandmother was necessarily this fat body, but because at the end of the day, she cured herself with um, disrespect and almost like this demand of respect without having to say, you're going to respect me because true leader. Yeah. She, she, and all that, I tell her that all, I wouldn't tell her cause then she'd like get to be, you know, <laughs> I don't want to have to walk out of the house. She already knows. She already, she already yeah. knows. But, like, even though my grandfather was in the house and still is in the house, like, some people was real amazed when I'm like, yeah, my granddaddy back. Like, you got a granddad? I'm like, we all have him, whether they're dead or alive or going on. But I have one, but he never was the one who was a forerunner. Like, my grandmother was the matriarch and the head person in the house. So when I saw that, it didn't diminish my grandfather because he still was considered a human being in the household. Sure. Especially having a Southern grandparents, like there's still those roles that I like don't fucking pay attention to. Like a man is supposed you gonna sit your ass down. Okay. You're not gonna <laughs> yeah. talk to me crazy. It's period. But I feel like for her, that really put me in a space where I can be my authentic self and say things that a lot of people would be fearful to say. Yeah. But I'm like, look, at the end of the day, we all, we're not gonna make it out alive. So... I'm not here to offend. I'm not here to oppress. 
but I'm here to show you what my realities are. And I hope in that way, I'm exposing you to what you can do as well. Yeah. So, yeah. There's yes. my introduction. I'm into grandma. Okay. And to you. <laughs> and grandpa. Oh, you got y'all here. You want to bring my grandma? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little bit. She can leave the gun at home. Yeah, I'll call Actually, her bring it. Yeah. Yeah, she will bring it. Um, okay. I love that. So, uh, one really beautiful silver lining I see on most of these casts. And um, we, had, we had Raven yesterday. Mm -hmm. Of all the intentional pursuits we go out there, education or you know partnerships or whatever we're intentional about, mm -hmm. then you kind of pull back the pieces and you look at your history from day one and you see all these unintentional things. Because I mean, most of my humans that are on these casts are doers. They're type A's. Like we're going out there more. It's more. I'm going to train harder, work harder, get more education. Like we're done to do the work. Right. You pull back the story and you see like these pieces that universe, faith, whatever you believe has kind of like put on your path. Mm -hmm. And you see the pieces that come together that help you get to exactly where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's and this is something I've had to learn the hard way. You, you, more isn't always more. You can run yourself into the ground. But when you can pull back and you see how your intentions are pure, you are a person that executes acts of service for the greater good. Uh, lots of cliches coming, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, things... Just when you think they're not working out, they do work out. These little like instrumental pieces of your journey end up becoming like huge pieces and like pieces of our identity. And like it's all we spent so much money on education and competing in sports or whatever. It, yeah, but then you look at like your true DNA as a human and like all these like shaping pieces of grandma and uh, my brothers, your sister, like things that like put you exactly where you are right now. It's it, I don't know. It's just crazy to think. Mm -hmm. um, we spend all this time, energy, and money on intentional pieces of uh, self-improvement, if you will. Right. But then, like, our DNA is really created, you know, from the get-go, from our, our parents. And, I don't know, there's just larger order happening. Um, Working it down for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, because it's, I think we're people, usually my doers and my type A's, my entrepreneurs, uh, people questioning a better way. Again, my workers, like, we'll do, we're down to struggle, work more, sacrifice, um, and it's hard to pull back and do less and sometimes just let things happen and embrace the gifts that are around us, be aware of things that are good that we, we don't even know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's my tangent, so feel free to go on your tangents. Retweet. Uh, <laughs> retweet, yeah. Um, so that's my piece, and I, I always just like to acknowledge the family or everything that was before us um, because that has opened up so many doors, opportunities, things alongside all of the hard work, the education, the sports and fitness, the communication, conversation, everything else. I, I agree. Um, I think a part of that as well is something Sonya Renee Taylor, shout out to her, said this morning was, don't be the world side chick. Yes. And I thought about that. Like, I've never played the side chick role, but I, I've had friends and family and people I've seen who've done that. And I was like, shout out to you, sis. Like, couldn't yes. be me. Like, I feel like. I can't say for everybody not to make a blanket statement, but I just feel like for people who are trying to do so much in the world, like you said, those type A's, those doers, yeah. why would I sit around and say like, oh, okay, I'm going to let you have space. Whether you're a side chick, side human, side dude, whatever it is, whatever. I wouldn't want to be a side to anything. The only sides I like go with my main course, you know, yeah. other than hey, that. Hey, write that down. You like that? Yeah. yeah. So I think about that, and especially when we talk about this investment of different things. I've, I've talked to so many people who are, especially entrepreneurs, and let's also add the identity of being, say, a college graduate. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, they're not doing anything they went to school for. Right. Nothing they went to school for. And when I decided to actually get my PhD, I thought about that process. So backtrack, I always knew I was going to go 
and be a health administrator. I was going to open and own and operate a hospital, but then like mergers were happening. And then I never forget this uh, advisor sent me in his office. And when I told him what my dream was, he laughed. And that laugh didn't put fire in my, you know, fire in my belly to be like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. It okay. was more like, oh, shit, well, what you know? I don't know. Because right. if you, this old white dude got money out the wazoo and you're laughing at this, you clearly know something I don't know. So another part of that could also look at me as like he was diminishing my dream, but I had to take a step back and look at it and say, well, if you see everything happening around, you could possibly do it. You could want to, but here I am going to work myself to death in a system that is already against most of the identities that I hold as a woman, as a black person, as a black woman. And then when you add size into the conversation, that looks different for me. So I said, okay, well, great. You know, still finished the degree, uh, ended up doing healthcare IT at the University of Michigan for two years as an undergrad and then the following year. And then after that, you know, I transitioned into this program and I was thinking to myself like, hey, do I want to be... You know, what, what's my next steps? What's my next step? So I always tell my sister, when I, since I was younger, like, I could never be a teacher because I, I don't have the patience to walk through that. I never could be in education. Joke's on me. Clearly, I'm in education. <laughs> oh, I told you, universe, sometimes we don't know. We're very sold on our own dream and our own minds. And then universe got whatever you believe will bitch slap you into the right place. I mean, they, that slap was really critical. Yeah. I mean, I'm still yeah. rubbing my face like, wow, life thanks. <laughs> so for me, when I looked at that, I ended up um, being a college advisor at Belleville High School in Michigan, which is about 45 minutes from Detroit. And the first day I actually was there, I was like, oh, how could I do this like the rest of my life in some capacity? I've always loved the college aesthetic because it was sold to us, especially when you low income and you coming mm-hmm. from these spaces. That's your ticket out of generational poverty. Mm-hmm. That's your ticket to get out. Um, I'm going to just say I really sometimes really want a refund with my ticket. <laughs> because uh, I feel like you're not the only human that would say that. You know, y'all, let's get some refunds. hundred percent. Because the debt that I'm in doesn't necessarily take away from the experiences I've had. Yeah. But if I was to stay completely focused on, like, go to school, get the degree, get the job that is a job associated with my education skill set, the amount of debt that I've accumulated would never be paid off with a job that I can get based on it. But I will say this time and space being here, like we were talking about that investment and how things shift and change, has provided me an opportunity to do things that I would not have done if I had a regular nine to five. Or, you know, I would have always... For a long time, I'm like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And finally, when people say, like, oh, you'll find your purpose. I'm like, I'm like how the hell you know I'm going to find it? Yeah. But I'm now in a space where I'm like, oh, this is what this is. Like, I'm, I'm, in, like, I'm not longing to. Now, I'm longing for it to pay off so I can, like, not work 19 different jobs yeah. to make myself survive. But I finally am in a space. And this, even this weekend, re-solidified that for me to say, like, okay, you're heading in the right direction. Because two years ago, you weren't standing on anybody's stage as a reoccurring MC. Two yeah. years ago, you weren't sitting in a PhD program. Two years ago, you didn't have a podcast, a magazine, working on it. But, like, you didn't have any of this. Right. And it all is around the work. That you're, it's not like I'm doing 15 different things that are about 15 different things. It's like they all have this synergy and there's this connection. And it's centering. So... Yeah, if you had to ask me 10 years ago, would I have been talking about this? Like, no. I would have been told you, like, no, I'm going to be sitting in somebody's cubicle from 9 to 9. Ugh. But I still sit in somebody's cubicle 9 to 9, but I'm working on it. Not for stuff. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, but in 10 years ago, and this is where we have to keep our minds open, podcasts didn't really exist. Social yeah. media didn't exist. Like, the way we can communicate to the world now instantaneously mm-hmm. is unbelievable. And that's absolutely positive and negative. However, you pull back and you look at, you know, from now to 10 years ago and the opportunities we have just purely speaking in base of communication and ability to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is, is really unbelievable. Like you think about our president connecting with America through Twitter. Like you really pull back and I know, I see, yes, I'm with the eye roll. It's, I, it's, I mean, tr I, I, I still, I think about this often, it still blows my mind that that is a piece of the puzzle. So if you can think, okay, well, our chief executive officer is communicating to the world, international, um, on the same platform I can communicate on, okay. Well, while that's a little frustrating, we're thinking about his brand and messaging, we'll go there. Uh, you know, but my opportunity is to do the same. Mm. Well, clearly my audience isn't as big, but just to know that we have equal yes. space to execute. Thank you. Yeah. It is kind of mind blowing. Like that's, you really pull back and you're like, we're on the same platform. Like I'd have opportunity back in the day to get on camera in the same space and speak the same message with the same news people, what have you, as our president. That is crazy. Mm. Um, so with that, let's lead into your businesses because I do think- well, one thing before you do. Oh, I remember ahead. this guy, not, I don't know him personally, y'all, so don't like try to go find him and be like, oh, you know, at least because he doesn't. <laughs> but it was on Twitter. It was his last day at Twitter and he disabled uh, 45's account. And I thought that was, because so, he tripped out about it. Like, my account is disabled, but the guy knew he was leaving. Like, he's like, I'm about to go. And oh. I was just like, if you're going to make a statement, that's how you leave Twitter. Go like, ahead. Go ahead. Well, and those are those life moments when you're like, I don't know how this may shake out, but we're just gonna disrupt this just for a minute. But like, he goes down in history. Yes, so like, well, we're talking about it now. Right. Yes. So no, I just want I to didn't even know about that. Okay, noted. These are, this is like on my bucket list. I will never work at Twitter, but some piece of disruption, I'm I'm down for in that capacity. Um, tell us about. Uh, I want to hear about your businesses, but I really want to hear like the journey getting to those. Mm. Um why i asked you this in, in your workshop but like why a magazine why a podcast uh g give me like uh, tell us you know business what it is but i really want to hear about the why the year was 1703 yeah and, um, <laughs> grandma's very, still there you know <laughs> it was a very cold storm. no um so to backtrack a little bit growing up i have for most of my childhood have always been like a heavier kid and no matter if like I had a love for basketball, no matter if I had a love for softball, it was just, I couldn't get to what the world had told me. If you do certain things with their body, you're supposed to look like this. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember growing up and my grandparents not being, not communicating in the best ways to say, you know, you should lose this weight mm -hmm. because it was never a health issue. Like I never went to the doctor and the doctor was like, you're gonna die. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. You know, it was always a vanity attached issue. So with everything I did, I hid in the shadows because it was like, I know being the bigger kid, you're getting picked on. Like, it could be literally, like, you know how kids in middle school roast each other. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know why that. It built character, but it was also like, y'all need naps. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All need and less naps. sugar, yes. And, and very, please. Yes. Put the hot Too hype, yeah. Too hype. So it was like, you couldn't even make, you couldn't be in the in crowd without it always being centered back to your side. So if you saw something, like, for example, it was a question in class and somebody was like, oh, you know, is that real blood on TV when they like stab people or blah, blah. I had just watched some show similar to like how it's made where they show you all this. And I'm like, no, that sometimes they'll use like fake blood. But at this time it was like chocolate sauce was the one who did that. And I never forget the little raggedy motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, Anthony, I know he's out there struggling. Brand stamp. Smoking squares, no plan. Uh, but uh, he was like, oh, you would know that. And I was like, yeah, I watch TV. And he was like, nah, how you know it was chocolate sauce? I was like, do it look like I taste it? So I think the thing about people was, I, I try not to be spunky, 
But if you go there, I'm going to go there with you. Fair. And it's like, okay, you know, turn the other cheek. Nah. Uh, I if, if if I get in trouble in the afterlife about that, we'll just have to sit down and be like, now this is why I ain't turn the other cheek. Now yeah. you seen I was getting played. I had to support myself. So in that moment, I was like, everything has to go back to that. Like, had somebody else said that, would that have been a problem? You would have just thought, oh, thank you for the free education that I didn't have to go look up on my yeah. own. You asked the, you asked the question. So in yeah. that moment... It just reminded me of, like, no matter where you go, this is going to be a problem for you. So trying to turn that over, like I told her yesterday, you know, taking hydroxyclip, which is nothing but speed. Yeah, and, and a bunch of other really crazy shit. Man, I, I, I probably should be dead. But anyway. <laughs> we out here. You know, we're here. <laughs> I'm alive. Wine's good. Yeah. It's me. Um, it, wine is actually very delicious. Oh, good. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> so in that moment, it really put a lot of things. So, like, as a seventh grader, you're waking up in the summer. And while everybody else is sleeping late and, you know, enjoying just childlike things, here I am in long sleeve black t-shirts. Um, I had on a pair of army fatigues that were blue. They weren't green. They were blue with some all-black Air Force ones. On a bike in the middle of July, riding around because summer clothes weren't made for me. Yeah. You know, they if you wore anything that was too tight, that started a whole nother conversation. And it actually, as a bigger body, you had to be mature faster. So it was like, if you had breasts or if you had hips, it was like, you're having sex. And it was like, I don't even know what that is. But nobody could fathom, maybe that's just the development of my body. Because when I was looking around at my mother and my grandmother and my cousins who live in a whole other state, these body types were very similar. So to me, it was normal, but it was being highlighted as something that was problematic. So as I continue to see these narratives and I repress them, it wasn't like, I didn't even think about it. It was just like, you got to get to the next day, get to the next day. And for those who have lived day to day, that is some some stressful shit. Because yeah. you're like, I'm not trying to die, but I also know tomorrow comes. And yeah. with tomorrow coming, how much more do I have to deal with this? How much more do I have to unpack this? And so running through that narrative, um, a lot of that I didn't revisit until I really, some of it right now in this moment I'm thinking about, but a lot more was when I did this work. So um, I was a really big hip hop head. I fell off dramatically, dramatically. Gymnastics and drama, we got Listen, it. Dramatically, <laughs> Listen, dramatically. I kind of like that, actually. Dramat- so, actually, what's funny about it is because one time I told my sister, I was like, yeah, it was something dramatic. And she was like, what? She was like, I'm getting all this school and you don't know how to talk. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that irony. Perfect. Listen, Go dramatic- with so, when she yeah. heard it, I'm like, hey, guess what I said today? She was like, dramatically, you know I did. You got enough degrees. You can say whatever you want. Listen. Shimmy, him and hey, hey. Um, so when I went through that process and I, and I thought about, I started like reaccounting these situations. I said, my, the way people perceive my body stopped me from doing a lot of stuff. So like I said, I was a big hip hop head. Like I had two older brothers, you know, I love the freestyle, love the rap. You get enough liquor in me. I hit a freestyle in the heartbeat. Like that's it. And my goal this year is actually, stay tuned y'all. Nah, check, like check one, two, one, two. Um, so when I thought about that space, I'm like, that's not a space for fat girls. That's not, you've never seen it. Like, yeah, I seen Missy Elliott, but she was on a whole nother futuristic level. What about Queen Latifah or Salt and Pepper? Like, I don't know what, I mean, I think fat is even subjective. I'm very big, I'm a calm major by default. Um, but I think it's, that's subjective. And I, but there was, I mean, hip hop, like our female hip hop artists, like very early on, that wasn't a piece of the puzzle. No, I actually did a, a project called um, the label, the labeling of uh, fat black female bodies in hip hop. Okay. So I wrote a paper about it, and it's actually in process to be produced in a journal. So I want y'all to check it I out. Would, I would, I, I, I'm a, I love music. I love fashion. I love the medium where it can, again, present some of these uh, heavier messages, no pun intended, um, where it's like you can interlay, like, 
deep messages through these art forms. Mm -hmm. It's like comedy, where we, we're here to entertain, we're here to enjoy, and then boom, we can have heavy conversation without people really knowing. Right. Um, or then it open up their mind and conversation. Anyway, so. Because I think it's also like that primer, because I could come out right now and say, you know, black bodies being killed, brown bodies being locked in cages. Yeah. And, uh, and people will just be like, oh, you're trying to attack me. And it's like, I shouldn't have to go around and yeah. create a barrier, but us screaming hasn't gotten us anywhere. So, okay, y'all, the group of screamers who are going to do that for me, thank you. You continue to protest. Let me see if I can find it a different way. Yeah. And it's tiring to have to keep talking about these things, but that, for me, leads to the greatness of creativity because I think it's also a thin line we have to make sure we don't appropriate, even from the spaces we come from, yes. because we can appropriate that to turn into this capitalistic game to say, like, oh, I'm going to just do this for the money and then the people who actually need you because you, once you put yourself on a public platform you don't know how long they're going to love you and who's going to love you yeah. and then also you don't know the people who are depending on you that's kind of the risk you take when you decide to share your voice on a public platform so you can't to me personally because I don't want to tell somebody what they can and can't do, do what you want to do as long as it doesn't oppress, marginalize and get the fuck on my nerves oh. um, period so <laughs> I think you can't I can't sit up here and start this conversation and then next year just be like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Because it's people who may not ever say a comment, may not ever like anything, who literally, I, I, it's people sometimes when I do something that's, like I posted a picture of me being on stage today, somebody took a picture, and people that I know been following me who don't say anything said something. It was, oh my God, like, congratulations. I'm like, oh shit, you exist. Like, not like yeah. I thought you didn't, but I, I thought I wasn't making an impact. I thought you yeah. weren't paying attention. So, for me, when I start thinking about those, those re recalling those stories, getting into those spaces, you, you have to make sure when you step up to these mics, when you step up to these events, yes. and you step up to share your story, that if you're not in it for the long haul, and you're not in it to be authentic, take a second step back and say, am I really doing this for that? Because if it's just so you can get, you know, two three $3,000 for a gig, like, pay your bills, get your <laughs> coin. But also remember the damage that you could potentially cause, because your impact versus intent versus impact, is what your intention was like, no, I want to share my story, which you have the very right to, but the impact is now that you've disappeared or you've shifted your narrative. Or, for example, if you say, you know, I'm against substance abuse, but I catch you on TMZ shooting up drugs, and then you have these people following, you can't say, well, I'm not a role model. I get it, but you're also under a scope that a lot of people aren't. So now you have to think your intent was to share your own story, but your impact is... Now you got people who feel like either you left them behind or now they're going to follow your lead. So the tangent I just went on probably did not answer your question, which was, yeah, I remember now. No, no, 100% it actually did. And amen to your awareness of the responsibility that is there. I'm literally sitting here in an influencer shirt because, as I told you, I'm, I hail from the marketing and branding space. And I'm very aware of the actual impact of these messages and voices that are out there and, and how it's impacting our young kiddos. Mm -hmm. All of these messages and these pieces of your identity that you got from your family when you were younger, you know, it was happening from your family. Now our young people are getting these messages from not just their family, social media, friends. Like they are, there's this intense influx of messages that are designed by corporate America or what have you, designing not only like your um, constructs of your personal identity, but what you should be doing, what you should be buying, what you should be how you should be voting, mm -hmm. um, the the opportunity for mental, digital manipulation, mentally, uh, physically. I mean, there's so much opportunity to, to shape young humans now mm -hmm. from the wrong space. It's a, it's a huge conversation, and this is literally why I started the podcast, because I, I need to highlight people that understand their 
um, abilities to impact and are willing to take on that responsibility. Mm -hmm. That is a very advanced conversation uh, in awareness. Like that's, mm -hmm. I, and again, I, it's ironic that I'm in this space of doing these casts and, and highlighting humans that are disrupting the status quo because I've worked alongside the machine intentionally and unintentionally so um, with these major corporates. And I'm not against the business game because money mm -hmm. makes the world go round. Mm -hmm. uh, we need that. That's not going anywhere. However, if we can start having more people like you, knowing that there is impact there, and, that, and that's a big responsibility to take on. Yeah. It, it's work, and it's work you don't really get paid for. Um, we do not. <laughs> well, we can talk about that too because okay. there, there's angles. Um, but it's you know, this is and this is new conversation. The scary piece is is that this is new. Again, there's no regulation around this, and honestly, forget regulation. But it is it's helpful when it happens. Uh, it's scary how fast these things are happening and there's no the social media is, is the wild west there's anything can be out there and our young people are consuming it every single day this is why you see school shootings this is why you see mental illness this is why you see um things that have always been there but are now starting to be highlighted because our kiddos are exposed to these quote-unquote problems so much earlier mm -hmm. without any ability to cope without any conversation around what's going on when you're you know, you're getting roasted in middle school when we were young. That's one thing. That's traumatic in general. Middle school is awful. And why we should just skip that shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously, it's. I mean, no matter even if you're the good-looking football player, varsity cheerleader, whatever. There's you, there's some issue. It doesn't matter what it is. You just don't know. Um, nowadays, it's that, and it's broadcast to the world through social media, through internet trolls, or what have you. Like, I don't know how our, our young kiddos do it. I don't even know how to tell our parents like what is the right conversation to have. Like. All I can hope for is that, again, we have people like you that are, that are willing to take on responsibility, mm -hmm. willing to step into the voice, willing to speak, willing to talk about it, and just keep the message going. Because I think that's our only hope to disrupt this otherwise uncontrolled machine that is shaping our, our future humans. Mm -hmm. um, so there's my teenager. Mm -hmm. uh, Even to that, like um, you talked about the corporations. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to say it's true, but what I've heard, and I don't put it past Bill Gates, wouldn't even let his kids use technology. Yeah. And I'm like, did you watch his documentaries in the minds of Bill Gates? Yes. I said you. I didn't know. I, I, I thought he was a kinder human. I, I'm down for the social initiatives, the sanitation, like the good thing, but you know, there's like, it comes from a, a myopic uh, ego space, in my opinion, uh, which is fine. Like the world benefits. Okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't know he was, Playboy crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll go with that. Playboy, Brandon. Playboy, Lisa. I mean, if you're hiring, Lisa Gates, uh, I want to see how I can add a little bit of diversity to your office. But even the fact that, like, one of the grandfathers of technology, to an extent, because I, you ain't do all that by your own, Playboy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you had some help. Yeah. So shout out to all the people who don't, who names don't show up on the big screens. But the fact that you made a conscious decision to say, I'm not going to let my kids have the technology yeah. that I produce for everybody else's ch children and families. Should that would that that literally let me perk up in my chair and I, I probably heard this probably like maybe 10 years ago. So at this time I was what 19 and I yeah. heard that and I'm like if Bill Gates doesn't want his children being involved in that, then there is something they're seeing that is creating this, you know, this disruption in the cognitive thinking. Yes. So why are we doing it? It doesn't mean I, 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 I still on social media, I use my phone, but, you know. 
Well, but I, but I, no, I think that's a really important point. I think old school corporations and that mentality of corporate America world, whatever, it's okay for you, your, your head and your heart to be disconnected. Mm -hmm. It's okay for you to walk home with a paycheck and know that you will never eat that product, take that service, hang out with those humans. That, but that is a way of the past. And again, this is where I was serious about having faith in our young people. They stay through it and they don't give a shit. They're not super sold on the Rolexes and the Bentleys and all this stuff. And I want all those things. Let's be clear. Yes, I mean, if I can <laughs> give me a Rolls Royce, please. Yes. But I'm, at the same time, as much as I want those things, I, I won't compromise my soul for it because I can't mm -hmm. sleep at night. And there's, there's certain things that lay on our generation. And I, I want to say our younger generations in particular, they don't care because the transparency, like with all the the harsh and, and the bad that comes with social media, the transparency that comes with it, that they can see what the companies are doing, the human side of what the investors are, the truth about IT or impacts of sugar, social media, whatever, mental illness, they can see this stuff. And they're kind of disrupting the marketing game where if, if I have $10 and I'm a starving college student, I will spend eight of that on a local juice sale from a women-owned business versus the Tropicana or what have you. Like This is conscious cognitive thought and conversation that we, I didn't have mm -hmm. in college. And, you know, I was at a university, I was a D1 athlete, blah, blah, blah. Like we were conscious of this thing and we still didn't have these conversations. Mm. Our young people are having these conversations and they're not motivated. They don't want a corporate job. They don't want to be the people, they care more about their time than they do their money. Mm -hmm. And big corporations don't want to hear this because they, they've got their agencies, they've got their thing they've done for a hundred million years. It doesn't matter if I'm slinging a product that will kill people down the road. I go home, I pay my bills and I get it. We all have to pay bills. That is no longer a thing. Mm -hmm. And... Our influencers who make less money have to be even more conscious of these things that they promote. Yes, get your 3K for whatever post, whatever. But please know your young audience sees through you and whatever money you're getting up front, they will, maybe they don't even follow you. They, they'll, they'll keep following, they'll watch pictures, whatever. Doesn't mean they're going to purchase. Doesn't mean that, that your call to action or there's ROI return on whatever you're posting from that follower. So you long-term lose your ability to convert your following or what have you. And and it dilutes your voice long-term. It's not worth whatever that short-term gain is. Mm -hmm. and, th and that accountability around influencers is more than around most corporations. And that's the effed up piece of all this. You have billions of dollars and you have like millions where our influence are small amounts and you are held more responsible than our larger corporations. You talked about leading with your head versus your heart. And mm -hmm. this, I will say, I don't wanna say 10 years, but I will say definitely in the last five years, especially influencers, people on yeah. social media, we lead with both. I like, I can't leave with just my heart because I understand the business aspect yeah. will fuck me over. Yeah. But I can't leave just with my head because now I'm not making a social responsibility of it. And I, I recognize the privilege that I have to be a PhD student, even though I grew up poet and poe, mm -hmm. it's still a, it's not a struggle Olympics that I'm trying to have. I'm not trying to say, how, how can I outstruggle you? How can I do this? But I have to re have a responsibility to say, if I'm taking this story, I'm leading with more. Like, I guarantee if I go back over these last two years, there's ways that I could have made money on top of money in certain spaces, especially around this conversation with body positivity. And I could have, you know, some people, even people I interview who have 60, 70, 100,000 followers, they're like, how are you still struggling under less than 2,000 followers? I said, well, one, I'm not serving you this, this fairy tale. I'm telling you what it is. I'm not talking about a topic by just saying, you know, we should, as big bodies, we should have clothes. Like, fat girls deserve clothes. Fat bodies deserve clothes. Yes, we do, because I like to be fly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Period. Obviously. Oh, uh, you know, you know. <laughs> granny Go style. Girl. <laughs> I call myself a spicy granny. <laughs> but I also recognize the fact that I'm willing to talk about the fact that 
there is more to it than just the clothes. What about the health aspect and the health disparities? What about the discrimination? What about when we add the racial implications, how that looks different if I'm fat and black or I'm fat and white or I'm fat and Asian or I'm fat and any other, you know, I don't want to leave nobody out, but we'd be here all day if I try to list everybody. Yeah. But never, if I'm fat in anything else outside of the dominant narrative. So for me, I could have taken that, you know, opportunity to be like, you know what, uh, let me sell flat tummy tees to people to get them to get there, and that'll draw me to this thing. But like you said, these people are looking at you because if you're highlighted, you're high. The way I look at like social media is if you're popping, you're right, mm-hmm. and nobody puts that asterisk there and say results may vary. Yeah, you know, nobody wants to say that when it comes to that. Perfect. So said. listen, and <laughs> I try, I got you. But um, if you think about that, and these people come in these spaces, and these young people are saying like. I'm an adult, and I can still be influenced. And have, it, it, it takes a lot to sway me, though. Like, it'll be something something you can easily sway me on is like, no, nah, maybe we shouldn't go out tonight. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But, man, we got, all right, come on. <laughs> like, one drink and everything changes. That's, that's it. Come on, like, <laughs> I got $20 at the bar. Now you can sway me there. But if you're saying give up your cause to feed a larger corporate audience that can pay you, Nah, you, you can miss, like, don't don't ring my phone. Because unless you want to be cussed out for 30 minutes, and if you hang up, I'm going to call back from a different number yeah. and finish my yeah. conversation yeah. and leave you a voicemail. Yes. So, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not going to do that. So for me, to kind of, like, wrap this up, it's just in that space, I think about those things because I know what it felt to feel like that kid that was hyper-invisible. I know what it felt like to be that adult that was hyper-invisible. And when I saw what was popping, I kept trying to change myself. Hence why I'm begging my grandmother in the grocery store for to buy hydroxycut and not thinking about her process of like, well, I don't want the world to pick at her. And I, and I want her to feel better about herself. But then when I'm walking down the street in the long term, and nobody's done a longitudinal study on this to tell me how the fuck I'm going to be screwed up in 10 years. Yeah. But some of the stuff and medication that I took trying to shift myself has probably made impact. I ain't dead, so I'm still here. Um, but I definitely think there has been things that happen, especially when I think about, not to get graphic, but my menstrual cycle. My yeah. menstrual cycle was, I, before it was like, I knew when it was going to come, I knew when it was going to leave. Now, she come by, say, what up? And some days I be like, okay, how long you going to stay, sis? And she's yeah. like, you know, I'm here for the weekend. And I'm like, okay, you ruined my plans. And then <laughs> some days, I'm like, hey, where you at, sis? And she's like, ah, not this year. Like, not this year. What? And when I talk to doctors about it, you know, the first thing in my mind is to think about, oh, you need to lose weight. And I'm like, I'm actually probably smaller than what I was at the time. So what's going on? And like when I started telling them, like, yeah, you know, I took this medication, I'm doing this. They're like, you probably screwed yourself up in a lot of ways. But do you think hydroxycut gives one damn? Do you think Ally gives oh. one damn about it? Because oh. they were focused on the vanity piece instead of having the, the conversation about health at every size or what does that look like now? So for me... I'm praying that my clock doesn't tick at 50 and they say like, I, I, you know how you see the mesothelioma commercials in the middle of the night, like, do you suffer from this? I still don't know what that is, but I feel like I got it because they always talk about it. But I feel like for me personally, yeah. and not to make fun of any medical health decision, I don't want to do that. It's but, a out there though. You know, but for me, I would hate to be watching TV one day and they say like, have you ever taken hydroxy? I'm like, fuck, I'm out of here. Yeah. Or like, have you ever drunk in a Red Bull? Like, shit, it's me. Well, I mean, we put so much shit in our body. I mean, I could give you so- the stink and the endocrine. The stink is a documentary around the endocrine system, like mm-hmm. lotions we wear, makeup, this and that. Um, forget about vanity and fitness. Like, what we're consuming, whether it's dyes or chemicals or what have you, diet pills, any number of things. I come fitness space. 
we're probably eating worse shit than what regular people are out there. We're trying to be healthy. Then what they are, consumer packaged goods are a whole other conversation of mm-hmm. the shit we're doing. And we don't know long-term. It, so it's not, forget the, again, the vanity piece of looking a certain way. When you eat something, it impacts your hormones. It impacts your bloodstream. Then it impacts your brain. So now you're eating something that's causing you to hormonally shift. Then you're freaking depressed. Like it impacts your actual brain chemistry. And that's a whole conversation we haven't even gotten to mm-hmm. um, for the most part in uh, mental health and wellness and how, you know, your gut, your stomach and everything your microbiome impacts your brain activity like this is all new shit and i come from a sport and fitness family like we train we never talked about macros and carbs and all this um when you actually talk about your grandma and, and yeah well not the gun part but my parents did have guns uh but it was like something around that she had you know when you lose late with this i remember i went to uh my grandmother was babysitting us i have two younger brothers i have three but at the time, only two. And we went to McDonald's, and she's like, oh, I ordered everyone's food. And she got them regular food, and she got me a salad. And I was like, I don't eat salad. I was like 11. I'm like, oh, what the fuck is Where this? Where is the chicken? Yes, yeah, McDonald's. You don't go to McDonald's for a salad. Like, good grace. Um, and I was like, oh, why'd you eat me a salad? And she's like, well, it's healthier. You know, it, it, I can't even remember what she said. Um, but it was to the tune of, you need to lean out. You need to lose weight. Or, like, we need to, like... Be a piece, and again, I think a lot of our conversation, our conversations are generational. Mm-hmm. Like what our grandparents, we, I'll never walk in your shoes. You won't walk in. We see different things, but I do think there's massive commonalities in generations. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma was, you look right for your husband. You do this, and she's a very independent, strong female. Mm-hmm. But there are certain ideologies that were in her mind that carried over. And when you were saying that, I hadn't thought about that story until you gave your example, and I was like. We otherwise look so different, but that is a massive common piece, even just in that story where I'm like, I told my grandma did the same thing. And I was like, damn, am I, am I, and I didn't know that I was bigger or, and I would never really consider myself fat, but I was always, when I went to the doctors, like on this chart, you're heavy mm-hmm. and I'm legit bigger boned and thick skinned and however you label it in their eyes, I wasn't at the weight I, I should have been. Mm-hmm. And as a kiddo, I was like, okay, well, what am I supposed to be? What is this? And I didn't know until very, very much later, and even in this conversation of how much should I question that as a kid? Like, how much did that impact what I wore, what I thought about myself, my middle school years? I don't know. So I think when whatever our young people are coming up in, the environment that is around you is so impacting. And kind of get back to the social media piece. It's now that now we've opened up those doors to uncontrollable influences at a younger age mm-hmm. is kind of scary. Um, but on the positive side, tell me about uh, your business initiatives, um, magazine, wh- why, and I asked you this in your workshop, but why some of the mediums you've chose to outlay these messages, um, why you've chose them, and where do you want them to be in? So pretty much you want me to ask, answer the question you asked like 30 minutes ago? Yeah, it was okay. a few tangents before this. <laughs> Listen, it I, might happen again, so I'm just going to put that out there. So I saw a dog yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> really, really big spots. Um, and my grandmother. Oh, my grandmother. <laughs> oh, really quick, I want to um, make a comment about the guns. I definitely think there still needs to be regulation. And 100%. it needs to be there in place. So I don't want anybody to take... My grandmother had a gun, period. Like, I'm not going to lie. I knew where it was. One time I actually laid in the bed, and me and my grandmother... This is going to sound crazy. We used to sleep together, right? So what happened was, you sleep in the same bed. There we go. I should have just I slept over at my grandma's bed. For yeah, sure. but you know, I used to say some things. And some people like, oh, she slept with her grandma. Oh, like, man. and if I did, okay, creepy, well, but still. Whatever gets us likes, right? You know, hey, <laughs> double tap. <laughs> <laughs> Retweet. But, um, so what happened was, my grandfather got um, 
very, very sick, like health decline, and he needed a hospital bed. And so they only had a two bedroom house. So he took my bedroom and I moved in the basement. So I'm like, oh, like it wasn't, it was an unfinished basement. So it wasn't finished. So that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> a little creepy. You know, it was like the <laughs> Lady Gaga's bad romance had Yes. Right? And the okay. furnace kicked on when she crawled out the casket. And I was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so I got over that because I'm like, okay, it's just TV. But what really sent me upstairs was I was on a computer and a spider ran across my computer screen. I closed the computer. Oh. I ran out like, grandma, get up. She was like, what's wrong? I said, we going to sleep together the rest of the time because I'm not going back down there. And she didn't, she never questioned it. So my stuff was still down there. But I wasn't sleeping down there anymore. But nevertheless, I didn't lay it on the gun and didn't know it was there. But that was because she survived. Wait, she literally had it in her bed? Yeah, it's in the bed, in the pillow. So she literally, you know how old people sleep, like, literally on one spot? Yeah, Me, I'm I still had to do that, yeah. Kind of. Some nights I'd be everywhere. Sometimes I end up in the kitchen. I don't know how I get there. But I'd be on top of the stove, like, ah, restful morning. So she, I laid in there, and it was this was her little pistol. And I was like, Grandma, I like, why do you have a gun in your bed? And she was like, because I never know what can happen. Like, yeah. we've been in this neighborhood 20, 30 years. We are literally some of the last older people here. Yeah. The neighborhood now is younger people are coming in. She's like, it's not I don't trust you, but I know I'm old. Yeah. And she was like, so I have to have that for protection. But I bring that up, even though I thought at the time it was, I still think my grandma got a gun. It's funny. I think I actually might turn my Twitter now. But <laughs> listen, do it. So, but I still want to bring that up. Like, yes, we need regulations. Do not think that this is a lighthearted conversation. Yeah. We need to put that out there. But I just want to bring that up. But to your question, see, Tangents. Um, <laughs> What really got me to doing that is I shot a hip-hop documentary titled um, Behind the Motor. So from Detroit, you know, we're known as Motor City, but I wanted to be creative like Behind the Motor. And it was this group, like different underground artists who had a little bit of name in the city, but definitely wasn't known outside the borders of Detroit. So I shot this video, I was asking these questions, I was doing this stuff, and I was like, yo, I need to be like the next Oprah, like. I'm, I'm asking some deep shit. Yes. So I'm like, okay. But it was like, you're a big girl. When you're a woman, yeah. a girl in this space, girls don't do hip hop. And I'm like, clearly I can show. Now I'm so thankful that there are more. there's more representation. Yeah. I personally hope we have more storytellers when it comes to rapping. Yeah. That's just my style. But yeah. you throw on City Girls, you throw on Nikki, you throw on Cardi, I'm going to still have me a party. Yeah. And I'm going to turn up. But I think for me, I've always got a kick out of turning that radio up and just driving through the streets at yeah. night. And like I, like I love a night drive. I used to... Um, my grandparents when I first started driving I was like can I drive she was like it's late and I was like I'm not about to sneak over no man's house or no boy's house like listen I just really want to go on a drive and clear my mind and when they really saw that was my outlet I think they like fell into it but every time I would think about these rides and everything I would do my, it wasn't until my best friend shout out to Danny P she said you know what I hate about you I said oh we, we about to fight like, start with the positive she, listen, said, like, yeah. she was like you know what I Oh, yeah, if you're getting summer, we can go You know, more. I had to yeah. scoot over just yeah. a teach. But um, she said, you know what I hate about you? I said, well, what's going on? She was like, uh, you come up with so many dope ideas and you never do anything with them. Oh, that's some friend feedback right there. I said, bitch, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> Let me write that down. You know, yeah. and I was like, well, what do you mean? She was like, Shug, that's my nickname. She was like, Shug, you have like a brilliant mind. Like it's so, But you never act on it. What's stopping you? Mm-hmm. So let me call you back. So I went to the bathroom. So what is holding you back? Oh, and I this remember, is like some mature response. I don't know how old you were in this. This is like mature ass response. About ten years ago, I definitely yeah. know it was ten years ago because it was before she actually moved to. She moved from Michigan. Okay. So we had just graduated high school in '08. So ten years ago, and I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Yo, what's stopping you?" And in that instantly, in that moment, it reminded me. I used to sit on um, the toilet 
you know, you sit on a stool. Well, if you don't have a stomach, you don't know how to stool. But you sit on a stool, toilet, your stomach was right there. And I remember being eight years old, grabbing my stomach, and I said, why won't you just go the fuck away? Yeah. And I said, because nobody likes me because of you. And I'm like, not eating. I'm like, what, like, what the hell is going on? So I never forget, like, I used to go in the bathroom, and I just, even for prom, like, I, I was so... I could whoop his ass too, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> you got an army building. Listen, but he, he about to get married. Shout out to you and your wife. Um, <laughs> but to this day, I was told by this individual, like, oh, we're going to go to prom together. And I was like, okay, okay. Got the prom. Never, to this day, I'm waiting. I, I could literally be still sitting outside waiting for you to go to prom. But we, I went to prom, showed up. Um, but he just straight up didn't show up. No, he showed up with somebody else. Wait, so he like asked you and then... He told me since middle school, even like probably three months before prom, like, we going to prom together. And, like, I had been having a crush on him since, like, seventh grade, right? And I understand crushes now. Like, that shit yeah. made the prick. So yeah. I was just like, wow. Because all of the stories that I tell go back to my size. They always yeah. have related to my size. So what ended up happening with that really quickly is just, um, he said we was going to go to prom. We get to prom. You got on a certain suit. I ain't going to name colors because then people going to know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> you had on a certain suit. And the girl you was with had on the exact same colors. You didn't pick that shit up at Walmart today mm. with that yeah. badly made dress. I y'all can tell I'm still a little bitter. <laughs> I've been drinking, but so it went back to when I asked the question. He was like, "Well, yeah, but you know, you you was a big girl." And I said, "But I had this. If your eyes were closed, I had the same heart treatment, the same respect. I pushed you to go to college when I knew I couldn't. I didn't start off at a four year institution. I had to go to community. I literally went to four or five different community colleges because I was trying to find myself because we financially didn't have it. Yeah. I remember being in church and we, they, you know, people were like, oh, pray, 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 pray. And I was like, all right, well, yeah, I've been told prayer works. So let me go up here to this altar until yeah. I was like, I'm struggling. Yeah. And I never forget the pastor was like, well, what are you struggling with? I was like, just school, trying to make He's like, what school you go to? And my best friend was there. She went to Grand Valley State. In that moment, I was at a community college. I was so embarrassed about community college, which I feel no way about that now. Like, go what? to a community yeah. college, do Have your right. Are you serious? But that wasn't the narrative. Yeah. Show. One, you yeah. weren't supposed to go to college. And then if you did go, you need to go to a Michigan, a Michigan State, mm-hmm. hell, even a Wayne State or a Central. But you don't go to a community college. You don't do mm-hmm. that. That's a failure. So that narrative was okay. really, like, pumped up around it. So when everybody was like, yeah, I'm going to Howard, and I'm going to this school, and I'm like... Yeah, I ain't gonna tell you where I'm going. I'm gonna go to work. Yeah. And so, even being in that space, and I remember looking over, and the pastor asked me that. She was like, just lie. And I was like, Grand Valley State. Because we knew how, I mean, she knew how embarrassed I was about The pastor that. was gonna judge you? I didn't Isn't know. Isn't that a massive irony? Okay. You know, I, I, I projected the way I felt on yeah, him. So, fair. y'all don't go find my pastor fair. and knock him out. Yeah. Um, but that was how I felt. When we got back, I said, I looked at her, and she was like, you all right? I said, hey, no, we going to hell. She was like, why are we going here? I said, we just lied in church. Like, this is the wrong place you lie. Like, it's a few things you do, yeah. but you don't do it. You're like, you don't have, like, I knew pastor sons who used to have sex in church. That's a whole other conversation. What? Okay. Like, they used to, I was like, oh, you going to hell. Like, I said, I'm going to go home today and my mailbox is going to be on fire. She was like, why? It's like, that's my ticket to hell. I'm going to know what's in there because I just lied in church, right? So, nevertheless, that was that. But um, it, it's crazy. I'll be thinking of some wild shit. I was like, ah, the mailbox is going to be on fire. Um, my grandma gonna know she's gonna be like somebody in here lied in church so when we like even with the prom situation you know prom took place and here you are you go to this prom and my friend and her boyfriend rolled the prom with me in my brother's old school car with rims on it to prom right so I'm like it balanced out because my personality is still like 
oh, she cool, but she laid back. So when I pulled up in like an old school, it was like a different conversation. But when it got there, even wearing my dress, I was uncomfortable because I didn't want my arms out. So okay. when me and my grandmother went, and my, me and my grandmother, my sister, and my mom went dress shopping, it was, you know, oh, you're being bratty. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to survive. Because y'all have literally painted the image that I shouldn't be here. So nevertheless, um, it wasn't until 20, 2016, I was sitting in the house. I'm sure I was smoking some. Hey, listen, I was in, paleo. I, I was high as hell. Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous because I don't really, like. I'm not a big weed smoker, but I, I'm gonna tell you. Hey, I'm from Denver. I'm actually not. Everyone's like, oh, you smoke a lot of weed. You know CBD, and I was like. I actually, tequila's my jam, mm-hmm. and I have no moral stance against weed. It's just never, like, calming down isn't my vibe. Like, I, if I'm going to get hype and turn up, like, we're doing tequila, we're we doing... don't turn me down, like... Oh, see, well, I'm nervous. I don't know. It's just never been my thing. Anyway, so I'm from Denver, so you good. Okay, yeah. So I so I was like, all right, it was, it was, I was going through, like, imposter syndrome first semester of my, yeah. my graduate program, and I was in a house, and I was like, I don't want to drink. Uh, so what can I do? So I was like, let me find a way to get some weed. Right, so I get some and I smoke them in the house. Like, whoa, <laughs> I'm a little too high. And so when I got in there, I started getting into my feelings. And so now I'm like cussing out invisible people. Not like it, I wasn't going Exercise crazy. Exercise the emotions though. Okay, I was I'm with it. that. Yeah. I, and I was like, yeah, y'all just got me fucked up. Like I beat all y'all up. Like I was going through this real like emotional thing. But in a moment, I said. You need to talk about this. So in the midst of my high, you have all these like these are really mature responses. Are they, like, I feel like they're normal. No, well, good, I mean, good. You're we have different normals. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> yes, I think of our young people, myself included, uh, young subjective. Uh, if you have this this ability, I mean, the, there's the quote like uh, life is ninety uh, percent. Uh, life is ten percent what happens to you and ninety percent how you react. Mm. So I mean, really super simple cliche. However, if you have that ability to, again, control your response or have some piece of step back and then handle that in a mature way that benefits you in the long term versus knocking out windows, punching someone, doing something for drugs, drinking further, like this is, that's a big deal. That's a major pivot. So just, I'm giving you a gold star as a, as a young human that you were 10 years ago. I'm a weirdest star all night. Yeah, please put it on my pasties. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but in that moment, like I've had more moments, like anytime I try not to get high because I, I feel like sometimes when you become dependent on stuff, mm-hmm. you don't know when you're becoming dependent. 100%. So for me... Slippery slope. Yeah, it's a very slippery slope. And some people are like, you need to learn how to control it. What? I don't want to control it. Like, that's literally... And I do not smoke to party. I do not smoke to kick it with people. I literally am probably the weirdest. I smoke by myself. Like, and to be creative or, like, access some space? I just be like, shit, I just want to smoke. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't think that's weird at all. If you look at um, our artists, again, I'm a, kind of a music geek, uh, and Detroit is, like, rich music history, which oh, I'm yeah. sure you know. Motown. Motown yes. yes. Well, and Eminem and all those. Mm. The basics, the 20s, 2000ers. Um, Eight miles. Yeah. Uh, it, accessing that creative space. I mean, there's actually psychological, uh, if we want to get, you know, academic here. Oh, there's like smart. Yeah, there's, 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 there's um measurable brain studies and you can show like I've actually done brain mapping a lot of my journey is, is stem through fitness to optimize mm-hmm. fitness ability human optimization blah, blah blah then we get into like lifestyle and it all connects anyways uh you can literally see in the brain when you have like creative ability and like beta theta like different brain waves mm-hmm. that go off and when you look back in our unintentional um 
music stars, if you will, Jimi Hendrix and all these mm-hmm. psychedelics and all this. And that's why, you know, ayahuasca is taken off and they, they can access, uh, people can access creative space and you, you get into different parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. So I won't go full into this tangent. However, you know, some of this space, like I like when I travel, I'll have like a, a gin drink on the plane and I'll just write. And it like almost, cause I'm, I'm high processing. I've actually done a ton of brain work mm-hmm. and I literally know like on paper, uh, dyslexic essentially high processing whatever so I speak fast I think fast like mm-hmm. I can and I can speak on the fly however I need to like visualize so if I can mute that noise mm-hmm. uh gin whatever I can write and like the creativity comes out like nothing else um so Maybe I'm with I need you. to check into that because I feel like as I'm talking to you I'm thinking about other shit when I'm asleep I'm always thinking yes and I don't I didn't I don't know how to explain that to a doctor because I just don't want medication and a straight jacket. Like I'm just being honest because they'll always yeah. try to medicalize that. Because when I told my doctor one time, he said, do you need to check into the psych ward? I said, I don't hear voices. It's just I'm like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, this idea. And it's like, yeah. as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about 30 other things that I could do. And I don't know how to explain. But uh, Identify strongly. No, seriously, I can't focus on, uh, like, I remember when I was little, my mom was like reading to me at night. And I would like listen. And then I'd be like bored out here at first all the content was boring but it, and this is probably and all this time your mama thought she was doing something i know no, no she was and these are probably books i picked and this is why like i only like reality tv and that's an ironic title in itself uh but like things that i know i know um I, I i would always rather write my own story than read fiction like i never read fiction mm. i love documentaries i love uh i'm a long time rolling stone reader uh all these like i i love realness and real stories um, and I think it captures my attention. I genuinely think I'm undiagnosed, a dyslexic human. I will, and as a fitness person, I will read numbers now, uh, backwards. Mm. So I see it now more cause I, I think I read less. So my brain is less trained. Mm. I'm not going to go too far on this tangent, but I will tell you this as the more I get into the conversation around the brain and the mind, mm. if our young people could understand and go in and do a brain map and, and just understand how your brain works, there's no stigma around it. If you, if our, um, teachers had the ability to be like okay here's this kiddo here's how their brain works like if you can label it dyslexic you can label it high processing and super smart doesn't matter here's the deck of cards you're dealing with let's give them this then you take away all the stigma take away all the stigma that they might have growing up as a young person of dyslexic or this it's just here's what you work you're good at it's it's like uh, being good at piano versus sports. Mm. Well, then go do piano. You go do sports. You do this. We can help foster you know some of these angles and mm. communicate and um, help teach them and not put them into certain groups mm-hmm. that are really unnecessary. Then you get into the whole conversation of medication, which is very business driven. So whether you're diagnosed, which is kind of made up realities in some spaces. Social constructs. Uh, yes. Then, then you get into the whole, like that's a business game. So we have to disrupt a business situation to get into, you know, a mental health situation. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's a, it's such a large combo, but I will say this. I think it's worthwhile checking into because you are super cerebral, you are super smart, you are fast paced, um, and all this is like to your advantage. Like, these are all good things. So I hope you don't ever digest that as a negative or a straitjacket or what have you. Uh, like anything else, we just have to learn how to manage certain things and then exercise it into the space where we can make it the most valuable and impactful. And I say that because you see so many people like so my. Relationship with Phyllis. Um, he <laughs> suffered from what they diagnosed as schizophrenia. Okay. And he kept trying to tell them, like, I know I'm not schizophrenic. It's, it's anxiety. But here you are, a black man who's a darker skin tone, yeah. who's a dreads, who doesn't have the most friendly demeanor in the world. You're a threat. So anytime he would run into anything, 
they were like, you know, we can't really call you on a crime because you didn't really commit a crime, but you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So we're going to take you to jail for the moment. And then you're not listening to me. And he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And for me, when I hear schizophrenia, that was, this is just the uneducated me. So understand people grow and I learn. But what happened was um, his arm was tremoring. And I was like, hey, what's wrong? Oh, I shouldn't have said his name. Jack. Um, <laughs> I said, what's wrong with you? Um, he was like, no, no, no. Like, he, cause he was an athlete. He was a football player most of his life. He was like, I pulled a muscle and it just, you know, it, it, it makes my arm like twitch. And I'm like, you must think I'm an idiot. So I, so <laughs> you know I, how many degrees I have? <laughs> do you understand the amount of schooling? <laughs> nah, I won't say I know everything. You see but it, belt? <laughs> you, you want to bet this tuition? So, but either way, in that moment, when I seen that, I instantly went into like, I got to Google this. Now, I felt like I was invading his privacy, but also I was your girlfriend and you ain't telling me something. Mm. So I looked into it, and I don't know what I Googled. I promise you I cannot remember what I Googled, but schizophrenia popped up. And I was like, oh, that's the crazy people problem. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm saying this from where I was and not who I am. Well, we're not exposed to this conversation. Like this is like schizophrenia is a deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody in your family had it, you personally had it, or you're exposed for, for a good reason, we don't. We don't know anything about really mental illness as a whole. So, and and that was a thing that really, uh, for me, because I'm like, well, he doesn't act schizophrenic, and well, why is the arm tremoring? And so, when I started looking at, is the medication like almost like localized Parkinson's because mm-hmm. it's in that space? I don't know if that's exactly, but the way the arm shook, it shook as if someone who had Parkinson's would have been, but it was only that arm. Did and, he ever have a not to cut you off? But did he ever have a concussion? No. I mean, football. This is all like. I mean, you can have brain trauma. No, no, I won't say no. I okay. I don't know, but it was. And he might not know. A lot of kiddos, again, being in sports, you don't know how serious how serious concussions are mm-hmm. until there's a major ramifications. Mm-hmm. And then this is still new. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, guaranteed, I had concussions. Guaranteed, thing. I know athletes now. I mean, if you watch Thirty for Thirty, Junior Seau. And most of the NFL, oh, major conversation around brain trauma and how these players are not compensated accordingly. And it's it's new conversation. There's responsibilities alongside the NFL. Um, he ended up committing suicide. And this is one of the best players of our time. Mm-hmm. And you want to watch it. Anyways, it, this is a com- it went completely misdiagnosed. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's the issue. I'm just saying any sort of brain trauma. But that's a possibility. There's residuals. Right. 100%. The first time I actually seen... Um, and this is the beauty of like creativity was when Will Smith played in Concussion, the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And it talks about all these football players. And I remember one scene where um, I can't remember his name. I know his name was Mike and Why Did I Get Married? He he was in that movie, Tyler Perry's movie, but he was also in this movie. And he had a hoodie on, big dude, and he walked up. And he was like, I need help, doc. Like something there, right? He said, Whatever you do, study my brain. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if he shot and killed himself in the street. It, that's, that's I mean these are junior say out there's a few of the football players story it's mm-hmm. exactly that ends up in suicide mm-hmm. um because we, we don't understand we don't know what's going on they know something's wrong but doctors are misdiagnosing then you get medication in the game it's just it's new territory we still don't know in 2019 a lot of what needs to go on um i have great like brain people that we in colorado we happen to have some of this stuff uh universe looks out all random no no well you're welcome anytime for real uh but no seriously i would love to connect i actually think there would be a great cerebral conversation no puns intended here amongst you and some of the owners because it's some young females that are like pushing this initiative and um anyways it's it's great conversation because it's, it's really a huge conversation because there's such misunderstanding mm-hmm. um and that conversation ironically sort of parallels our conversation around like politics and everything else like there's just miscommunication misunderstanding uh and then those miss 
diagnosis or uh, conversations change the trajectory of everything moving forward. So the ramifications of that unintended conversation or interpretation of a conversation changes everything. Um, so I don't know. It's it's some really deep stuff on mm-hmm. the on the positive side. I think there's these conversations are starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, our young people are asking bigger questions. You are on Google like questioning. Okay, well, time out. People just used to listen to doctors no matter what. I'm not a doctor. You don't have to listen to me. I'm just this is I, not medical. Advice. Yeah, no, no. I I uh, again based on the podcast. Just question a better way. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to. I just encourage you to. Do your own research if you don't think you're qualified because everyone needs a little checks and balances. Listen, see, we give you tangents. We tell yeah, them I know. <laughs> For real. We're everywhere. But <laughs> even with that, like, um, what ended up happening was he never, they were giving him medication for schizophrenia. He never had it. What medication were they giving him? Oh, my God. Did he actually take it? Yeah, he took it. What? So it was a medication for the schizophrenia, and then it was a medication for the shot. The shot shot was for the schizophrenia. And then he would take a pill that would stop the shaking. Because it would get to the point where we would be asleep, and his hand would be under the pillow. And, like, when I say I was in there, like, I was like, hey, man, you got to move your hand or something because I can't get to sleep because you're shaking. But he wouldn't control it. It wasn't until the first time I grabbed his hand I said, something is wrong, and you're not telling me. But I said, I'm going to let you live in that space. You know, dudes aren't going to tell you. Yeah, they're not. But it was to the point when I started whipping out receipts, I said, so, hey, you need to tell me why this lining up. And I made humor, not as a joke, but I made humor with his situation because I could tell it it was embarrassing for him. And so what ended up happening years later, he found out he suffered from anxiety. Okay. And everybody triggered it as like because of his racial makeup, because yeah. of the way he looked and who he was, they didn't listen. And when he kept trying to tell them what it was, nobody was listening. So it kind of gets back to that point of when we are in spaces and we let other people kind of decide our narratives for us mm-hmm. and why I'm very big on switching and shifting that narrative. But nevertheless, I promise I'm not going to attention. I'm going to get straight to the point now. So the reason why I came up with this whole brand was I was sitting in class. So I was sitting in my um, apartment when I was real high. If y'all rewind <laughs> 10 minutes ago. <laughs> That's what still with us. Listen, so the reason why I was smoking weed was because, um, wow, I hope my grandmother never listens to this. Hey, grandma. Hey. <laughs> flick, flick. Um, but the, the, reason, the reason why when I was sitting there I said so what's wrong with you why are you so angry why are you still in this space yeah. where you're trying to have this conversation okay I'm gonna move a little because, bit this, I know the sun, the sun is yeah, like chasing setting me on living out yesterday listen it's, it is we can switch spots if we have to listen I'm gonna just scoot this way what you gotta do listen get these out the way okay let me make sure I grab my wine can you need it hey don't forget the juice yeah oh yeah okay better here we go the sun has chased me around this table. Like, if you knew where I started and where I'm currently at now. You're literally you're... playing musical chairs with two chairs. With Listen, two humans. Two chairs. <laughs> so, um, when uh, I, I started thinking about that and I was in this process, I said, so what's wrong? Because you keep, everything keeps associating and it's triggering anger for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I need to figure this thing out. Something is clearly wrong. So, when I got done, so I started recording myself on my iPad. Because I want to be able to go back and listen to this. And I, I ain't gonna lie, I had some dope thoughts when I'm hot. Like you said, it releases yeah, no, I'm serious. that space. Yeah. I mean, some of my best ideas come from that moment. But like I said, I don't use it as this. This It's like once a month, if I'm having a stressful day or something like that, that's when I do it. I make sure I'm like, okay, I ain't going out this Friday. I don't have nothing to do with Because for some reason, every time I smoke, I wake up high the next day, like a little high. Oh, it stinks. And it, yeah, it stinks. Okay. But it's not the same thing. So like I'll get in the car and when I'm driving, I'm like, oh shit, I'm still high. So let me turn around. You feel a little fuzzy. Yeah, I feel yeah. a little fuzzy. So I'm like, ah, let me go back to the house while I run over somebody's uh, squirrel. I don't want 
I don't want to kill anyone. Don't kill animals. I can't kill animals because yeah, I no. won't be able to live with it. Bad um, kids are different. Just kidding. You yeah, know. No. Don't write me. Okay, go ahead. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> We're joking. It's uh, a joke. Uh, but so in that moment, um, we got so school started back in January and I remember I was sitting in class and my teacher shout out to Dr. Lucy Capone who went around the room and said what are your research interests even though you're master's students you're not going into a PhD some of you may may not what are you going to research so everybody went around and when it came to me I said what the hell are you going to talk about and literally like I said how we work on the fly with you listen she was like so she was like at least I said I want to talk about how fat bodies are not respected and why we don't have you know value in this space and all you heard was, oh. I was gonna say, what was the what was the immediate response? You're not fat. I'm like, yeah, but if you didn't know me and I pissed you off, I would quickly yeah. become a fat bitch. Like, let's... I mean, but do you like the response a little where people felt defensive, even of defending you? Like mm-hmm. they felt like we, we cared because I think even if people don't communicate, there are such empathetic uh, abilities in humans, mm-hmm. and we did, like our immediate response was to protect. Like, right. you know it. I don't know. I think we have to see the bright lights in humans because there's not a lot sometimes. No, these but that, that's them. a big one. Yeah. And, you know, thinking in this moment, um, I didn't have a a negative reaction to that. I wasn't okay. like, no, I am. I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying. No, like, no, no. I, I totally understand. But I'm just saying in that moment, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. Okay. Um, it was just like I knew it was going to get a reaction because if we look at the way society is constructed, fat has never been okay. Yeah. Like, what I'm about to say next may rub some feathers, but I'm, I just want to put things in context. When we think about those who are in the LGBTQ community, um, plus community, because I want to make sure I include everybody, it was it took forever for them to get any rights. Yeah. And they fought and they fought they fought. Now, if you make a bad comment about them, you can literally fuck up your entire life, which you deserve, yeah. because why are you upset about somebody else's life choices? Mm-hmm. So if you make a racial joke, no matter across the board what it looks like, you can literally fuck up your life because here you are being a racist. You're yeah. being a homophobic. If you're a xenophobic, all those different things. But fatphobic was the only thing, no matter what identity you held, that could be okay. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you can, can prevent that if you lose weight. Yeah. So if you were, if you identified as queer, it was like, no, you can't do that. And they had to fight very hard for that. I have yeah. people in my family who are queer. So trust and believe I am there to support them 100%. Even if they're not my family, I have most of my friends are queer people. Yeah. And even though I don't hold that identity, I love them just the same. I'm not like, oh, I love you. You know, he's queer though. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck does that asterisk. do for anybody? Yeah. Like, ain't no asterisk there. This same person who made sure I eat one, some days I didn't even have money to myself. Yeah. So don't start talking to me about what identities they hold, if they poor, if they religion is this, if that. If we don't agree on certain things, whatever that may be. Let's have an adult conversation yes. about it. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, all right, cool. But as long as you're not out here being racist and disrespectful, I really don't care about the rest of that stuff. Yeah. Like, as long as you're not that, not even just racist. If you're not any of the phobias yeah. and you're a good person, I don't care if, because I've seen some things on the internet where people have, like, married themselves. Or school. I don't care. You could call me and be like, come to my wedding to myself. I'm going to be out there like, get it. Yeah. Like, they do, we do, she do. Well, I think, I mean, honestly, when you pull back, like, and you get into these larger issues, which really, you know, disrupts humanity happiness in general. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming to think, you know, the the strides we need to make that are in front of us. It's, it's crazy the work that needs to be done. It, alongside, a lot of positive has happened. Like, I'm genuinely an optimist uh, and a hard worker because I know to run together um but i will say as a branding and uh marketing professional and knowing that it's not about selling consumer package good or a sales whatever we're literally shaping you know what what we digest as our reality out there so much is consumed through this created reality i think the second you can have again this is why i'm like 
championing your mature response, the, the second you can take pull back and take care of you, figure out what you care about, what makes you happy, what issues you have, what you're upset about, whatever it is, and you can take care of yourself, you will be less judgmental. You won't care who is what, doing when, when it does, none of that matters. Like if you've envisioned yourself when you're in your happiest in your life, when you're in love and you know, when you're in that euphoric state, you don't care who's sitting next to you. You don't care what's going on or what personal choices people are making or why, why, I, I mean, I wish we could completely remove anything social um, from our political situation. Like, let's just get down to the business. Why are we talking about who Cut can shit. Yeah, who can and can't marry and, and why certain people can't vote. And, like, it's, and I know these, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a very elementary light over, like, some very deep, heavy conversations. It's not to minimize them. I just think this, this uh, conversation around taking care of yourself and getting to know yourself is so overlooked. And if we could pull back time, if this... Um, curriculum could happen in like preschools and educate and, and uh, uh, elementary schools and middle schools where it's like okay like life's gonna be hard but like let's get back to you like you might be schizophrenic or however like, you might be this or whatever but here's you know you're good at sports and you're a great reader or you're good at music and this and suppose some positives and here's what we got to work on if we shifted that conversation and, and provided space for people to get to know themselves mm -hmm. as cliche as that sounds I really think that would prevents so many of these deeper conversations we have to fix now. Um, and you you look at our adults and like, they're the, some of the most insecure, broken, which I don't even like using that word because that's an over stereotypes used word. Uh, but people that really haven't taken time to like get to know what they want to do or, or what makes them happy. And that, and you get back to like ancient societies. Um, like Gandhi and this, like the meditation and the spiritual game and, or the religious game, like you get back to like the base of self space, like who you are, what you care about. And then everything changes from that point. Um, and I say this because I've had to do that journey personally where I'm like more is more and education and sports and competing and winning and doing and looking and all this stuff. And then it gets back to like, time out. You don't give a fuck about anything you're doing right now. And you've worked your whole life to be doing this at 38. We're going to, really get back to what you were doing at 12 and like what you cared about as a kiddo. Um, so there's my tangent. I, I just think there's, you know, and being at this conference, we have such heavy conversations around really important topics. Like this is the point of change. Like this isn't a huge conference. Um, but yes. it's, yeah, well, but it's quality versus quantity. You speak to 20 yes, people yes. and these are your humans that are out there that are like legit influencers. They go out there and they talk to like, 20 of their friends that run companies or businesses or powerful on social media, have you, and then they talk to their 20, like the point of impact on this is not measured by the attendance. Mm -hmm. It is massive. And when you were speaking about um, communication, you're like, well, is this impact for people listening? You don't always know mm -hmm. how impactful your message is. And people, you know, the, the white human in the back that doesn't look to be paying attention or what have you is listening to you and like identifies with something that it's like, oh, that sticks. And you would never know. And it might not appear that way. And meanwhile, you've like switched how they think about so many things. Like the 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 power of these conversations and the 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 power in showing up um, authentically just to say your word. I, I don't know. It's we're in a society of measurables, ROI, uh, algorithms tracking on Instagram, followers, all of these, you know, validating factors. However, you have to get back to that hard space of knowing your message matters and that you are being your authentic self. Cliches, here we are. Um, and then oh, you can sleep at night. So, 
That's, yeah. all, that's all my tangents. I think I just exercised all the tangents in that one tangent. <laughs> really? We don't have more? I mean, we do probably. But... Listen, we probably do. But to, I know y'all are like, she answered this damn question. <laughs> no, I work, I've, I feel like I'm encouraging the tangents, so it's okay. I, me too. It's, it's, I tell them, I have not met one friend who cannot stop a tangent. So, you know, so because of that, it's like three days later, we're like, and then another. And it's like, <laughs> Are you still here? Yeah. It's just, uh, my mouth was like, <laughs> Can I please call? I remember having a see tangent. I had a conversation with a friend. She called me. We were on the phone four and a half hours. I kid you not. Uh, for an hour, I went to sleep. She never stopped talking because I remember I just was laying on the floor and I dozed off out of that conversation. <laughs> and then she was like, "You feel me?" And I woke up. I was like, "Yeah." Man. Hey, and I looked at the clock. Sleep. I was like, "Whoa!" I was asleep like for an entire hour. She never stopped. And it was like we were catching up. Well, she was catching up. And then I think out of that whole conversation, I think I said six minutes worth of stuff. And the professor, I called him to ask him a 10-minute question. Three and a half hours later, I was starving because I was about to cook. But I said, let me call him first. And I didn't want to cook and make all this noise or have to keep unpausing or unmuting. And out of that conversation, I probably had three minutes worth of discussion with him. And I was just like, okay, I don't. clearly I'm around the wrong people if I want to get to a point. But nevertheless, so we get in class. And to your point about, like, you know, people being there, in this moment... You know, if it, society has always constructed that fat is bad, yeah. you know, you're going to automatically run to my defense. But the reason why a part of that is like, yeah, but if the flip side was you had to be real about your thoughts about my body, you would say something probably, probably different. But because I'm in your cohort, because I'm your friend, because I'm your family, you may respond to that a little bit different because it's like, you know, the holistic me. The rest of the world doesn't. So if I'm walking down the street, which I've had um, people tell me, like they've walked down the street. And a girl, a uh, girl from Minnesota, actually, she's from Mississippi, but she lives in, no, she lives in the Twin Cities. Uh, she told me she was standing on campus one day, and a group, uh, a pickup truck drove by. A group of guys was like, "You fat bitch! Like you don't need a crop top on." It's like she wasn't doing anything. Wow. And to them, they're like, "Ha ha ha, joke." And then, guarantee tomorrow, you're not gonna remember it. But that was. That was something that happened to her like six years ago. And, so and that was the first thing she said to me. And so when I got in class and I did that, I said, okay, let me be intentional. I'm going to do this work. So I went to a professor and I said, hey, you know, I want to talk about the fat experience, blah, blah, blah. And I probably didn't have that language. I probably was trying to hint to it, but I asked, you learn and grow, you learn ways. And she said, oh, yeah, just go to rec center. They have workout classes. I was like, clearly you don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. So that's fine. You know, because if I tell somebody three days a week, I get on. I love the elliptical. Like, people hate it, but I love it. It's like my best friend. Do you? You know, keep these calves tight. Um, (laughs) But nobody would believe that because I don't fit the image of I've talked to athletes, pole dancers. Like, if we're just talking about the visual piece of it. People who literally are running marathons. And this woman, um, she she does it, the fat running chef. She's been busting her behind. And people actually, it's like, you're not an athlete. She got heckled. And this is how she actually became more famous. She was in New York doing a run. And the guy was like, oh, you know, something around the nature of your fat self shouldn't be out here running. So you're a spectator, right? Yeah. I don't you're know if you're running. Yeah. But you're a spectator. And right now, you paused in a motherfucker. So you going yeah. to unpause yeah. yourself to interrupt my life? Like, wow. And, and those are conversations. So... When I actually went to Dr. Lucy LaPoe, she said, I said the exact same things I said to a previous professor. And she said, so what are you going to do about it? I said, well, I'm going to do a podcast. I want to do, you know, op-ed. She was like, so what are you waiting for? And I was just like, I don't want that response, but thank you, sis. But it was, <laughs> it would push me because she's like, no, I don't have that. You talking about what you're going to do. So how are you going to do it? So with that, in 2017, that summer, when I get an idea, I, I go all out. And I probably put too much in the front end because then I'm like super broke. I got all this equipment. I got all this, all like the other day, you know, oh, 
Jason. No, I swear. I know I'm not fluffing. I, like, I, I mean, it's easy to be like, oh, it's going to be good. Keep doing fire drinks. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, like, uh, all the time, the space you've taken to say things the right way and not work with shit, not take the easy out. Mm-hmm. I know. It, just smart my word. 10 years. Let me be on your next show. Come on. Yeah. yeah. No, but anyways, carry on. It, it, it's going to come out. So, you know, and I, I truly appreciate that because the more and more I do this work, I hear from people. And people feel like, you know, if... This is no shade to Beyonce, but if Beyonce didn't say it, then it's not going to happen. Now, I guarantee, if Beyonce put on a plus-size magic t-shirt that I have, mm-hmm. I'm going through the roof. I already know it. Like, my life has changed. I'm going to send her 10 turmeric and tequila t-shirts. You know? Swear. Don't think I'm a... Bu- yes, absolutely. She put one Instagram yes. post that my life has Game changed. Changer. She likes... She accidentally followed somebody, right? It was for, like, 10 minutes. That person gained 40,000 followers in an hour. How scary is that, though? That you have like, that much influence. Like, imagine being Beyonce, which I do on the daily. You know. uh, well, usually Madonna, because I just like that she just likes to fuck shit up for fun. Um, her, her daughter is in Michigan, so if you ever just What? Yeah, her daughter from Well, because, you know, she went to Michigan. She was a dancer, and I then went know. to New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, she was... I don't know about She... Either. So, well, quick. We're going to go back to you. Um, <laughs> she... This Tangent. is why... This is why... I mean, I love Madonna's music, what have you. But when she was... Um, as a consumer package good marketing animal, she had a major partnership with Pepsi. And that's when she did the Like a Prayer video. And she was going to put an African-American male on the cross, like, and do this whole, like, thing. Like, not, it wasn't disrespectful, mm-hmm. but in those days, like, the early 90s, mm-hmm. that was a hell no. So she basically told Pepsi, a multi-million dollar contract situation, this is how I'm doing Like a Prayer. This is what I'm having in the video, what have you. And they didn't, Pepsi said bye. Fast forward, it made the song, the best thing she ever did, unintentionally so, made the song go number one, all the controversy around it, all the PR, the hype. She didn't give a shit. She just was like, this is what I'm going to do. And she didn't really even have, I mean, she was Madonna then, but not like how Madonna is now. But like that huge stance of like, this is my creative space, so I'm going to do, this is the position around it. I don't care about you, Pepsi. That is, that's a big deal to walk away from a big paycheck. Like, get the hard space. But when you're looking at a few million dollars in front of you and you say no thank you, there are few humans that will do that. Very few. And... I hope I stayed as strong. Yeah, no, I, no, like, I, I, I well, really I mean, I think you've already been tested enough. Like, we, we wouldn't be yeah, sitting Yeah, but I've been tested with, like, $20. Well, it's all relative. Well, $20 can be a lot of money for real. Yeah, but when you see $5 million, that's, that's a whole well, new conversation. That's what I'm, that's I'm what just being like, real. I just want to be my real self and say, like, yeah. if somebody right now told me, Elise, yeah. we'll give you $10 million if you stop this conversation about plus-size bodies yeah. and lose weight, we'll change your life. Now... I, I can say in this moment right now, I'm going to still say no. Yeah. But there is going to be one of those days, I'm going to be like, man, shit, I should have. Well, you turn this cast on and you remember <laughs> your old self. Um, But I, I would say this. Again, cost-benefit analysis, if we're talking like Come money. So if you are, you take the money and then you think of like, all right, I'm going to do this sacrifice right now. And then, you know, maybe you construct your contract according to where it's like a two-year thing. And then after that, you can take all that money and put it towards the cause you want. Right. I mean, it's just not that simple a conversation. You, you, yeah, you take back what you need to do. I would always just encourage, this is why I say, like, when I do, like, personal brand analysis, I'm like, make sure whatever you're taking now doesn't cost you long term. Mm-hmm. Or because companies, uh, Johnson & Johnson is getting sued for opiate conversation. We won't go down that hole. Uh, yeah, more baby these, oil. yeah, they can undo their conversation. You can never really unbrand yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, this is why humans are held more accountable than our larger corporations. We can never unsay what we've said. We can never we can't pinpoint it to one person either. When it's a Johnson right. Johnson, I don't know who Oh, and a law team and all this and, like, you know, the school scandal, uh, the minimal sentences for other conversations where um, – uh, 
lesser crimes and they had more jail sentence, but they've got lawyers, they got this, it'll all go away in a few, you know, minutes and we'll forget about it. Uh, that's like a corporation. Celebrities kind of like corporation. You deal with it, you get rid of it. Personal branding, different animal. Like the second you have to undo what you said or did or worked alongside, if you worked with a company that down the road had allegations of they weren't equal or they were racist or what have you, that associates you with them. And you've worked your entire life to fight for your voice and what you're saying. And then this company that you didn't even know is now on this side. You didn't even know that. I'd be the first one like, I ain't know this shit. Yeah, no, I know. But like, but this is what I'm saying. Like, this social responsibility is becoming heavier and heavier because you have to dig so far into these companies. This is what I do. And I still be caught off guard. I'm like, fuck. I did all the work. I met face to face and I still didn't know this is and this happened. Mm -hmm. Damn. And I have responsibility where I'm like teeing up influencers to get in the mix, like bridge that gap. Yeah. I mean, it's just a wild west space. Back to you. <laughs> um, Kevin is going to really enjoy the fact that I use that high voice. He knows him yeah. again. But um, <laughs> nevertheless, I so after going through this, I said, okay, let's get it. So first thing I'm thinking about it with branding, my mind was in marketing. So when okay. I hear some of the things you're saying, I'm, I always thought I was going to go into marketing and advertising because I love the creativity, putting these things together. Not more of the analytic side of marketing, yeah. but more of the creative side of marketing. Because when I took my first... Uh, shout out to Eastern Michigan University. I was in the College of Business and I took a, I think it was like a, almost like a stats class related to marketing. I was like, oh no, I can't do this. But I went forth and I um, continued this conversation. And so the first thing I was like, oh, you need a logo. You need a color. So, you know, my faith and belief, I, I have literally, God has gotten me through. That's just mm -hmm. my personal faith and belief because I'm telling you, it's some things, even just this summer, um, kind of getting a little deep. I, I lost some things that happened at the university because of shifts. So that meant I didn't have the financial support I was supposed to have. I didn't pay rent for four months. Yeah. And none of my shit was outside. But I was also transparent with my apartment complex. And I also live in Bloomington, which is a different conversation. So shout out to them because they could have literally threw everything mm -hmm. away I had. My car note was behind three and a half months yeah. this summer. And I had no control over it because at that point... When I found out the bad news, it was like, there's no way I can apply to get a job. Even though I applied, like, God didn't let no job come through. But, and I wasn't, I was stressed because it was like, at any moment, they could come knock on my door and be like, I got to go. Yeah. But every single time, I was still able to do my work. I was still able to go out and do certain things, sit in classes that I couldn't afford just to get the knowledge. I took two classes this summer that I will never get credit for. I did the homework. I turned it in. I showed up on time. I took the exams. I will never get credit for those two classes. You still get that education, though. But like, yeah, but that's the, that's the drive that comes yeah. with it. Because I could have been like, well, shit, I ain't going to class fighting online uh -huh. from. And there were two required courses. So you know what that means? Next summer, I have to retake those classes for credit. What? Because the university doesn't care that I said in those classes. But what it did was it created a relationship with the people on campus yeah. to say, oh, she's a bomb. Shit. She said in the class she wasn't even enrolled for the universe got things provide. Sometimes it's not understandable right away. Mm -hmm. And long term, you look back and you're like, thank God. Thank like, like uh, And again, look how intentional you are in your pursuits. And then this shit happens. It is like no stress, like financial stress. Man, I hate this. Oh, it's, it's so, <laughs> I mean, it's such a real, I mean, nothing, nothing creates creativity and hustle like need. Like mm -hmm. you, you get real fucking creative. Uh, but you look back and you see these steps and you're like, man, it's, the learning that comes from shit that just happens or something, you know, happening, it kind of breaks you down and then you, some time passes and you look back and you're like, okay, something larger is going on. However you PR box that label, whatever, something bigger is going on. Like clearly your intentions are pure. You have a larger agenda. Maybe that, that, you know, 
four months, whatever, is indicative of your next piece of your journey. Um, if nothing else, I've learned anytime I've been in struggle, it makes it provides that space of empathy for me to relate more to people. And if anything in business, monetizing or not, the more relatable you can be to understand humans, I think that's the base of where we really do make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Just providing that space of like, I'm not you, you're not me, I'm just here to listen to your story and, and, and learn whatever I can. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I hope so because I, I did pay my apartment complex in case if anybody was wondering. I okay. did pay my card note once my refund. Chelsea, she's moving in here and nobody goes, so am I. Listen, she gonna come up for one word. I mean, class like, hey, I know we gonna do a six Is it 2020? Though. Yeah. <laughs> We're just here early, you know, pre prepping for next year. She's like, get the fuck out. I'm yeah, like, the tequila's gone. Sorry. Right. Like, uh, we, we cracked the bottle and licked the lid, okay? We in there with glass. Like, ah. But nevertheless, that was just, you know, I used to joke with my sister when I was younger, and I was like, I'm going to have a behind the music. You remember when behind the music on yeah. VH1? VH1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going to have one. I, I don't have a liquor album or nothing, but I just felt it in my soul that I was going to have one. But I say this is going to build my story. So nevertheless, you know, 2017, I reached out to Erica. Shout out to Erica. Um who did my Erica Hart? The one, no, no, no. So oh. her name is Erica. She's from Detroit. She's a graphic designer. Oh, got you. Okay. So, but shout out to Erica Hart too. She was on the podcast. Okay. So, um, I reached out to Erica and I was like, hey, you know, I am not the most feminine soul. So I don't want anything that's like, you know how you see a lot of like women in poverty that's like pink and flowery. Yeah. And it was like, that's just never been me. Like, okay. I'll throw on a lipstick or lip gloss, but not to, I'm in black. You got but, purple lipstick on right now. You know, but I got so, on black. And yeah. some cheetah boots that yeah. I'm going to turn up tonight. Oh, no, I saw your boots you walk in today. I don't know if you heard me holler. I was like, oh, I always notice the shoes. Jeez, that's the first thing. My friend used to tell me, like, the first thing I do is, like, look down. It's not intentional, but yeah. I would look down at the shoes. Because I'm, I'm a shoe lover. Like, if you actually came to my apartment right now, you would probably stop being my friend. Uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. That <laughs> Uh, Sex and the City, did you ever watch it? Yes. She's trying to get a loan for her apartment. And she's like, why well, have $80,000 worth of shoes? Like, here, you have like, these. Like, yeah. That is literally me. I'm like, man, I should say, God, I need those shoes. Nah. So, you know, because these boots are made for walking. Hey. But nevertheless, so, you know, I was in that space and I reached out to her and I did my first photo shoot, like, ever in front of her. Like, besides school's pictures, I did my first photo shoot. And I found this floral, it was a navy blue suit with, like, pink and green and white flowers all over from the all the way on the pants front and back all over and okay. i found a suit and i was like you know i've never been a floral girl because big bodies aren't supposed to wear floral because it makes you grandma-ish it's a whole lot of stuff with fat that are like unwritten rules that i'm trying to like okay. bring to the forefront because they're funny to me now because you know you don't want to like a quilt but i was fly ass quilt like if i was gonna be a blanket <laughs> you gonna fuck with this blanket. See, well you say you say pantsuit to me and i think politics i think like hillary clinton and i'm like oh hell no nothing about her it's just like i'm not gonna be in a female pantsuit because then it's like a corporate reference but i don't so anyways my association is different so, but i'm with you I'm listening. but I, I wear pantsuits that okay. you will see hillary in but the problem is they're either a bright color or they have prints all over them like you know loud. i'll show you what i'm doing but it like they're they're loud yeah and what I, what became like everybody what was crazy is when you start building your brand yellow is not even my favorite color when I kept praying to guys like what color I saw yellow and purple I was like that's too both but I'll go with yellow because then I how do you mention your thing I, yellow I love yellow and she's drinking yellow why not be good slurp yeah uh, but for me yellow is not my favorite color really oddly mm -hmm. my favorite color is gray don't ask why um, but like <laughs> if, okay but if you if you put some gray together you make some sad shit my first uh my second card. Because the first car was my grandma, I was just driving, but my first, first car was a great car. Okay. And that wasn't intentional. She picked it out and a whole story. But anyway, so nevertheless, you know, um, I went to this space, I did this photo shoot, and so I really wanted a pair of Louboutins. And it wasn't because I thought Louboutins was the best construction. I had never tried on a pair, but what I don't think I ever have actually. 
tried on a pair of Lupus? No. Them shit's hurt. Really? I'm going to tell you up front. They sturdy as hell. I was going to say, they're well constructed, I've heard. I which mean, I appreciate. Listen, listen, I only wear like wedges because I have knee surgery thing. And that's oh, a good excuse. I just don't do it. Yeah. Got a bad knee. Yes. There's two holes right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ACL, meniscus clean out a few times. It was cartilage. They yeah. Cartilage on the oh, okay. They said I chipped my patella and I was just like, oh, okay. So, oh. like, sometimes <laughs> I can hear it clicking in my knee when I walk upstairs and I'm just like, that's oh, weird. That, that's probably really yeah, inflammation yeah. or something, whatever. You stay in tune to that. We'll give you some turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> Rub it on there. Real. Okay, so we got the Louboutins. What's so we up? got, so I was, I really wanted them when I graduated from undergrad because it was just a statement. And so I got the these, I went and bought $978 Louboutins. What? I've never spent that I much will, money that fast. Oh my fast. God. That's like, that's rent money right there. That's two months. Two, okay. In Bloomington, that's about two. What? Depending on where you live. Well, I need to move here up. You seriously? Hey, my rent's 670 why embrace that listen i hope they don't go up. Yo, i'm like you got mm, 70 red thousand dollar shoes you, my girl listen ain't my priorities fucked up no uh no i'm giving you no i'm with oh, you with it? Oh, yeah priority right. yeah no no, no. Oh. who cares where you live if you look good yeah no, no, no i'm, I'm serious not, I'm let you come up. my house is cute though tj Maxx. see i'm oh, yeah. frugal like my accessories like a purse or i still want to lose the time back that's still in a Chanel bag. Get on Poshmark. Things. Don't pay retail. Okay, cool. But, but you got to have a legit source because there's a lot of good fakes. But I ain't even got Poshmark money, so we don't wait. Poshmark's pretty good, though. Like, really? I found all my wedge, yeah, my wedge sneakers, which they're not really that expensive. But, like, you can know the right dealers because a lot of it does look fake. There are some good deals on there. You got to get in the sure? system, though. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah. So, with that, I three, and, but then when I really unpack why I wanted the Louboutins is because, again, a lot of my experience associated with size. I'm like, okay, here I am. About to come up with a brand called Fatness Fiction. So how, this is why how Fatness Fiction came to birth. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this work. I'm gonna talk about these experiences because we're more than what just we hear on the media. The fat slides, the unlovable, the undesirable. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to have a conversation about that. So I was like, let me make a Gmail. And I was like, oh shit, I gotta think of a name. So I was like, it has to have fat in it because it has to be intentional. Okay. But I said, but fat looks different on different bodies. Like you have fat on your body, but yeah. your fat looks different than mine. Yeah. And if you have more of that adipose tissue, that creates a different conversation. So I was like, what about fatness? It talks about the essence of fat. But then I was like, nah, it can't just be fatness. Like, you got to come up with something catchy. Like, you know, I couldn't do nothing like big bitches because then I would be like, you're not about to call me a bitch. <laughs> and I'm not about to be big. Fat. I will beat you the fuck up. Yeah. But um, as y'all can tell, my liquor is kicking in. Hey. But hey, gang, gang. <laughs> so when I thought about it, I was like, fiction. Like, no, nah, I was like, fatness, nonfiction. I was like, that don't want to roll off the tongue. Like, nonfiction is telling the truth. But I was like, fiction, fat is fiction. I was like, there it is. So I ran with it. So then I thought about it, and then I said, okay, let's think back. What does fatness fiction mean before you go throw this out to the world? So fatness is this experience of what it means to have this particular type of body and this body that particularly focuses on this adipose tissue or this extra, okay. depending on who you are. Fiction is what is not necessarily, quote, unquote, the truth. So I said, when you come to this space, you're probably going to think it's a bunch of big people, loathe, self-loathing, like, oh, we want to have this life where we matter, we do all of this. But instead of this wish, I'm going to show you what we're doing. Yeah. So the entire brand's content pushes against the name. So when you're thinking it's just these bigger people who are sitting here wishing, I'm showing you fat athletes. I'm showing you fat doctors. I'm showing you fat educators. I'm showing you fat models. I'm showing you the experience. People who work with these bodies who can tell you that, like I said yesterday, there is... Uh, Amanda, Amanda, shout out to her. She's a dietitian in Bloomington. She said there is not one ailment in a bigger body that does not exist in a smaller body. So you cannot look at me and be like, the reason why you have X is solely because you're fat. Right. 
And I, and I thought about that, and I was like, oh, my edges. Let me pick them up off the floor. Um, so after I gathered all 13 pieces of my edges and put them back and slipped them up, I, I thought about that. I said, the content test, I'm telling about people how they define their body. Because I'm not just a fat body, but I am a body that does this that happens to be fat. And I said, I'm going to try to be the social change agent in this creative space. So when I thought about the history of fat phobia, I'm, there, there's a book Dr. Sabrina Strings actually made, Strings made, and published, and I was devastated when I saw this book. It was in May. It was like, uh, it was called Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia. I said, I could punch her in her eye. She took my research, right? But then I thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. That book thick as hell. She's been writing this for a yeah. minute. <laughs> like, when, 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 did the, the, when did this book come out? It came out the first week of May. It was either May 6th or May 7th. So, so, and this was when? Like a year ago? Two this year. Ago? This year. Oh, so this conversation. Oh. 2019 is when yes. she came out with the book. Okay. And so my my dissertation, my research, it was, you know, I wanted to create this space. So when I saw the book and uh, the v- Venus Hottentot, who uh, is known as Tartaja Bartman, who was the woman whose body was dissected because she had a big posterior. So she had, mm. really, she had a big butt. Yeah. And the French settlers there, Dutch, actually Dutch settlers kind of manipulated her. They knew she was illiterate. And they were like, hey, you can come perform for us. We'll pay you. And, you know, when the opportunity presents itself and you're thinking about your family, she moves up here, but she's in a cage next to hippos and monkeys. And she's sexually abused. And it, it is rumored that she died from either alcoholism or syphilis or both mm-hmm. because she has her body was exploited. Mm-hmm. I thought about that, and I wrote a paper uh, fall of 2018 before this book even dropped that focused on her, I said, it was called The Decolonization of Fat Black Female Bodies. So it was about Satarja Barber, but taking it and saying intentionally, I'm looking at this from a Western context, but using this woman who is not from the Northern American context and how body image still portrays, especially for black women. And in Dr. Uh, Strange's book, she talks about how fatness was quickly associated with blackness because if your slaves were bigger, oh yeah, it, you can work harder. Like, just yeah. like me, you know, I've been in places where I've been carrying something that is literally, it's heavy, but I'm making it work because I've always had to be independent on my own. Because no, for this second of this conversation, no man has ever stepped in and be like, you need some help. It's very rare. But I can see a female carrying an egg, like just one egg in her hand. And these people, fall, hey, baby girl, you need help with that egg. And I'm like, I've got a TV on my back. And none of y'all thought, but it's like, you big, you don't need us. You're well, asexual. Well, and you saw your grandmother doing this early on. Mm-hmm. I, it's so funny. I was at the airport uh, coming to this conference, and there was a girl in front of me. I was ordering, like, the egg white bites at, at Starbucks. Not to sound as basic as possible, but we out here. Uh, it's real. Judge according to It's real. Uh, this girl's like, I'm going to get those. And I saw her in the elevator, and her buzz, boyfriend husband was lugging two bags, and she was just holding her egg bites and sitting there and not doing any of the work. And I was like... God bless our strong men that put up with this shit and also find your voice. This and she just stood there and he was like struggling and I was thinking like smack the shit out the maid. Hey, <laughs> yeah, well I know exactly. I'm like, why are you eating those? Yeah, I might eat mine in like two bites or small if you ever get them. Um, but I was like, damn, I don't thank God. I, I appreciate my label at asexual. I will have you ability to to be that independent female, like carry my own shit. Like, and I'm down for a man to take care of a female and like be chivalrous, if you will. Mm-hmm. However, that's by my choice. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, if you, it, it, God bless you being able to carry your own shit, literally and metaphorically. Still doing rotation. Here. Listen, I'm about to go um, outside. It's, it's, the sun is chasing you. You listen. Uh, it, it, I mean, I don't know. It's, that's a big deal to me. And, you know, we're, we're in heavy conversation around, like, female empowerment. I'm all for it. And there's actually a documentary called The Mask They Wear or The Mask We Wear. And it, it talks about young mm-hmm. men 
uh, yeah, Netflix, um, and they can't be emotional. And then, like, again, they attribute that to school shootings, particularly white males, young white males. Um, but then they get into, like, the urban community and, like, how that's not – it's not socially acceptable. It's not in our music. It's not on TV. It's not in this. Um, I highly suggest you watch that documentary. As we swing the pendulum far to, like, hashtag me too and, like, women's empowerment, we can't forget about our males and what's going on there. Anyways, um, I want to get into – while we're on uh, the business conversation, the magazine, just a little bit. Yes, tell us on. about Tell us about the magazine and the podcast, too. Sure. So after, like I said, in 2017, when all this came up, I, I released all this stuff. I didn't know what the response was going to be. Um, I didn't know. I was waiting for that first negative response of, like, I was anticipating the first negative response so I could stop. And the reason why I was doing that was because it's like, is the world right? Should I just lose the weight? Should I just shut the hell up and get? The why were you waiting for that negative result? Like, why are you, would it, would it have been an out to like their validation? It would have been, been done. Out. It was then it's out. less work, or like you knew what they like. What was what's? Let's unpack that a little bit. I felt like if I had got that first negative response, it would have been able to give me the comfort to go back into hiding. Hmm. It's very easy to be in that comfort, and if that comfort was like. You know, stay out of the way, shrink yourself to not take up space. Yeah. You know, when you on a bus or public transportation, here I am tucking titties inside of titties just so mm-hmm. you don't touch. But it's like, no, why can't I take up that same amount? Because I don't see men. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen because I've had conversations with men who are of size who have said, no, like I've been treated. But a lot of, you know, corporate men are not these bodybuilders. The one, they don't have uh, the time. Not at all. Not at all. They're like, you got a beer belly, you got ketchup on your stomach, but yet and still you want me to look like what? Oh, no, you better go have a seat. So um, yeah. two of them if you got the time. But <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, when I saw these individuals and I saw these spaces that they were taking up, it was like, well, why am I always subjected to have to be this person? So I figured if I could just say, all right, you want to talk about this. You told her where you want to talk about At least do it. But then if you don't continue because of the fear of what the world will say, the first, I could be like, well, the world just hates it. But I had to get past that point. So I launched a podcast. The very first episode is still to this day my most recent episode. So I suggest anybody who starts a podcast, always make your first episode about you and why you did it. Shit, it put- I, I'm, I, I literally, this is a new podcast, by the way. And I got to still do that. Yeah. Seriously, that's been on my mind. People like, why am I listening? I'm like, what do you mean? Why are you listening? Because listen it's me. to the shit. I'm like, bitch, you don't know you. I'm like, okay, I'll record it. I got you. <laughs> you're right. I, yeah, I, you're I not wrong. But I, Feedback, I, welcome. Listen, it's that positionality statement of why do you find this important? Yeah. Why are you, what's, what's the why? What's the so what? So if I stop listening to you, I, I, to me personally, if somebody runs into your brand and they have to make a decision not to listen to you again, that should impact them. Yeah. And not to the point like their rent is three months past due, but to the point where they're like, oh, they, they were saying something so valuable. I need to tune in. Yeah. And one thing about it is um, I read a quote that was on a, a Google's podcast website. It said, if you create for everybody, you create for no one. Yes. And I was just like. What? You're right. That's marketing law, though. We know this as, you know, marketing educated humans. Mm -hmm. We know this. We've read this in books before. Mm -hmm. We just chose not to let it fully absorb. But, yeah. Which isn't the worst thing. I was skimming them pages. I was like, shit, Simon doing 10 minutes. Deadlines. Should have read that. But I think the reason why that is so valuable and still important is because we've lost that in social media. We lost that space. So, nevertheless, when I saw that, it was just... Like affirmation after affirmation. Uh, quick story. Every single time I wanted to like say, "Oh, I shouldn't do this," it was always when I was. I know this sounds crazy. It wasn't frequent, but anytime I was under the influence, that negative mindset shined up more than when I was sober. When I was sober, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm doing this. I'm talking yeah. about this." Yeah. But when I was 
or <laughs> brain impact. Again, the brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. This we label as things as lazy, tired, creative, whatever. Mm-hmm. However, if you just look at it scientifically and you can see on a brain map if you are drinking or smoking or whatever and you see the changes, mm-hmm. you can it makes scientific sense why you feel these changes or why you feel happy or depressed or what have you. Like it's all chemical. Mm-hmm. So because even in the point of when like even when I'm high, uh, I I would have my most creative moments. I would have my most self doubt moments, and I'm like, okay, so we which which side you gonna pick? You open the doors. I, well, I need to shut a few because they yeah. was, it was starting yeah. to stress me out. So nevertheless, I looked in that moment and I just said, no, you need to do this. If you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. So what led me to get my very first tattoo was fatness fiction on my arm in red. So I got in it red. Yep, yeah, I okay. got it in red. Actually, I see you. I got a tattoo today again. Did you seriously? Yeah. What? So I'll show it to you more when we get done. But she has her arms saran wrapped. I, I don't have tattoos, so I don't know if that's like protocol, but go ahead. Yeah, so they just put it on her today. But okay. I, I've told my friend, I was like, I'm never getting a tattoo. It's permanent. I don't want to get it. But when I really found this work, I... Um, never say never when you're young, because that shit's going to change. It, it definitely just changes. Put that out there. So I got this tattoo, and it was like, oh, she was like, oh, you're going to get some deep shit. Like, it's going to be something different. But I told myself, the only reason I got this tattoo, I was like... If it's on your arm and it's permanent, that's the only way you're going to make you do it. I didn't shot a hip-hop documentary. I didn't came up with creative well, not stuff. Well, yet. The, the day is young. The day is young. But yeah. at that point, I was like, you keep doing dope stuff and never releasing it to the world. I said, but this tattoo is a reminder. Every single day, you're going to see it. I was anti-tattoo. Not that you shouldn't get them. I just knew for me, like, that's permanence. Like, that's forever. I, I don't think I can do that. So when I got this tattoo in 2017, it was my first tattoo. Um, it was just that reminder to continue to do it every single day. So every single day I would look down at my arm and I was just like, okay, you have a purpose. You have to do that. So that led to the podcast, um, about last month in September is my anniversary month. So I just turned to, and two years of podcasting. Two years of podcasting, yeah. two years of brand. Oh so when give I me say- some real reviews after this, <laughs> not on air. Uh, but for real, okay. So two years of doing that. So I am literally a one woman band, and I don't have, I don't say that. It's people say that to like gloat, like I do everything no. by myself. Shit's not fun, but I also know because this is so important to me. Until I get the ability to pay people, because let's be real, some people will be passionate, yeah. but the passion runs out when they see how much you have to put into it, and they're not yeah. getting everything they think they should get. So I'm like, I'm hoping I want to be able to get interns. I want to be able to give people opportunity and business and money and all that great stuff. But as of right now, I do everything by myself. Finding people, sending the email, doing the interview, editing, posting it, doing all the events, the photo shoot tours. I it's literally me, my camera, my my lights and my car driving city to city. Mm. The car that I have now should no way in hell have a hundred thousand miles when it's only three years old. Knock on wood. Listen. Damn, okay. Yeah. This I, all I, I will say this and this is talk is very cheap. Uh at some point when you're rich and famous and money's yeah. not a thing and it's whatever, we will appreciate these days of like, you remember when my car had a hundred thousand miles, I was run up to be golden. I had like, you know. X amount of dollars, and I was just running on stage. My Louboutin heel broke. Whatever, <laughs> like things out here. And then, they won't break. Yeah, but, that's well, not for a thousand dollars. I'm calling Christian and myself. Um, but you, you look back on those journey pieces, and I'm not that old, so I can't fully reflect yet. But I know as an athlete, when I woke, have worked so hard, you get to like the championship game or the competition. It's done. It's great, and you all you want to do is get back to training and like those glory days of like being with your crew and like you know sweating and fitness outfits and all the little basic stuff. All like this like the process before like the glory mm-hmm. is it really is a surprise. And I I'm with you. I'm like in the thick of it, figuring yes. it out, and it's not easy. However, I know one day, like, the passion that drives us now, I hope I can maintain this. Mm-hmm. Like, the heart that makes you go, that helps car 100,000 miles in three years is three years. That's go, ridiculous. Go. But, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, 
say this consciously, and maybe we need to listen to this down the road. You, you remember this passion that drives you to this. Because at some point, the money is going to be easy. The contacts are going to be easy. You you have a Beyonce in your shirt, and shit just comes in. Come on, all this I know. We're putting it out there. I'm just saying, like, I know, and I say this probably for myself to hear at some point, because it will get easy. And like, the, But this passion right now, the fire, like, the way we want to talk about it, mm-hmm. I hope we can always cling to that. Because I think that's, like, the, the authentic driver that really – Will resonate with people and and then again evokes a change like the, the money and all that will come i think it only you know not only for me in the academy i see so many people who went to school who wanted to be professors and stuff and then when you meet them they're like you could tell their ass has been whooped yeah but i think because <laughs> they associate they have to associate it with an institution yeah this brand that yes i'm a phd student but everything i do that's my shit you can't take my shit yes. so when i get back i literally i'll be like this paper due Monday, but I'm about to get this a podcast in. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm recording, like, last month alone, I had 16 episodes. I only released once what? a week. Damn. Okay. 16 interviews. Like, I got 16 interviews for my anniversary week. I released five new podcasts that we, every day was a new person. This is my second year doing it. Damn. So, my thing about it is, it's, okay. it's the drive, it's, it's the ability, it's the, having the tenacity, it's, it's yeah. having all those things. And I know for a fact, because this is my experience, I'm not trying to, you know... Put nobody else's story out there. It's mine. But I also said, like, I have to share the mic. I'm not in a space now. And also, it may be a little bit selfish, but I rarely share my story because I'm waiting for the right moment. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the TED Talk stage. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the day that they asked me to host. I, I don't know why they would ask me, but I, I'm a good time. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for those keynote speeches to stare, share my story because as of right now, that can burn out quick because I only have 28 years of talking about it. Yeah. And if you talk fast like I do and think fast like I do, I could tell you 28 years worth of shit in about an hour. And then it's like, now what? We've heard yeah. that. So I reserve on myself to share these other stories to other people because it reminds me like, all right, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. So even again, the magazine. So uh, December of 2018, uh, no, actually October 2018, I was sitting at the library and I said, how can you get beyond a podcast? Like some people may listen. I was getting good responses. People may or may not care. Some people may not have access. Access is another thing just because you know, something that I really struggle with is people like, yeah, everybody has a smartphone. I know for a fact right now, from young adults to grown people who can't afford it. Now, they don't have it. They can't afford it. Well, some people choose not to have it. They want the flip yeah, phone because the, they don't those. want access. Yeah. My grandma got a flip phone. She yeah. flip it on, you flip. Yeah. But, but I'm even thinking, so the people who do choose not to do it, that that's that's you. Yeah. But I'm talking about the people who just literally yeah. can't yeah. afford it. And then, you know, like even with being in school, it's this program, Duo, where if you log into your school, it's a security thing. And it shoots an email or it shoots a message to your phone to unlock it. But you have to have a smartphone. How do you know that out of the 45, 50,000 students on campus, everybody has a smartphone? Yeah. That's not a decision y'all thought. Well, you could come get the clicker. Okay, I get it. You're making round, you know, workarounds. But also, like, keep that in mind. But I feel like people like me are the ones that, like, you lead with your emotions. No, I'm leading with experiences. I went through this shit. Yeah. So, you know, in October, I sat there and I said, you need to make a magazine. I was like, all right, cool. Like, uh, Sonya said today, like, bitch, say something. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that was my moment. And so I said, and I said, well, why a magazine? Is it just because it sounds cool? Is it just because you're going to get some shares and some likes? And I would say a piece of it was that because mm-hmm. it'll pick my brand up. But I really said it's a keepsake. It's a moment. Mm-hmm. It's something to see yourself in it. Because, yes, I am on a cover. But when you look through it, it's not really about me. I write every single article for every single picture that I use. I take for the layout. I create everything. I am a Canva queen. I'm on the, so on. In addition to doing homework, I'm sitting in here and I'm constructing this magazine. Yeah. Every single line you see, every single text you see, I did that. 
And that's what made it so beautiful because it's like nobody can tell you you can't do it. I didn't have to wait for no magazine. I didn't ask, people didn't call me. Yes. People didn't say like, "What's up?" And if it never makes money, if nothing else, you can walk away having that self satisfaction mm-hmm. that, that no one may ever know except for you. And that is so priceless. Like mm-hmm. we seek validation in this world, we want raises and gold stars and all these things, but you can sleep at night being like. I did it. Like mm-hmm. I did something. And I can see myself in print. I see myself on the cover. I didn't wait for these things. These are massive action items. Like these are very, and again, I know you're an educated human. It might not have been that strategic. You just did it. And you see it. And there's something cathartic about seeing your name in print. Things like yeah. seeing yourself like an Oprah magazine on the cover. Like that is a big deal. It really is. That's Try why to be sustainable, people, as much yeah. as you can. Well, but. <laughs> eh, yeah, but then again, if it, you position, it's like putting value to a service. You charge $1,000 versus $10, people are going to take that $1,000 situation more seriously, even if it's the same service item, whatever. Uh, people see your magazine, and then maybe they keep it, or they keep it for 10 years. Maybe they have a log of them. I save all my Rolling Stones mm. and until it got too much space and I had to recycle some of them. <laughs> but uh, I don't it, like this issue. Yeah, well, I mean, it gets nostalgic. And again, you see this, these... Um, affirmations in print it's a big deal and i think that is a medium that's lost and i'm down for environmental causes i'm from colorado uh but it's still it it changes again the psychology of the situation and i'd encourage you to further share your story in your due time i do think waiting is the right thing but i think time is of the essence and uh this is something that's been hard for me because i've always promoted other brands other people's Mm -hmm. cause other this and i've learned in this past year enough's enough i have to take on this situation start speaking start podcasting start doing this i don't have a deep strategy or any of this and i'm good at that i just have to start and i i would just throw this back at you take it what you will i would start sharing your story and like let it be what you kind of did on this secrets out you know listen secrets out but also with that um in 2017 i wanted to start a book we'll write a book and i had the book cover and all of that the chapters each chapter opens up with a spoken word piece that you'll understand the story when you read this spoken word but then once you read the narrative associated with it if you were to flip back to it you'd be like oh shit i get all of that now okay and so literally god was like nah you're trying to rush something and you were rushing it with the intention to be like oh how can i blow up my name and get money versus are you really being your story telling your story okay so um i pushed that i i, I didn't even look at it for a year I just was like, no, but I would get ideas. I'm like, oh, this would be a good book chapter. I want it to be academic, like all these citations and the fat phobia. But when I read Dr. Sh- uh, started reading Dr. Strig's book on the fat phobia, black fat phobia, I looked at it and I was like, no, she did the historical piece. What you're supposed to do is use the visual activism that you use with photography, the magazine, the podcast. You're going to talk about the millennial space of how we're now getting and centering the people in reducing the fat phobic voice. Yeah. We know the fat phobia exists. Now, here you are to challenge that by saying, okay, well, we don't see ourselves in magazine. I know more. It's one out here for you. If there's other plus-size magazines out there. I'm not going to say I'm the first at all. Yeah. But when I say, well, we don't have a podcast to talk about, there's other ones. But I also joined that narrative as well because I use this medium of all these different things with hip-hop and, you know, spoken word and just being comedic to not even intentionally, like just my response to certain things. So I said, I'm going to create this space as well. I invite you to go on this journey. I invite you to challenge this journey and create your own space. When you mm-hmm. read this book that um, I actually met a woman last night and I had prayed to God, I, said, I need to find a publisher. And then like I left that letter for alone. And then this girl, she was like, oh, I want you to introduce somebody. She's like, yeah, blah, blah, I'm a publisher, blah, blah, blah. So I have a book. And she was like, you know, I said, I know I don't like to make promises, but if you're in Bloomington and I can work with you and I can see it, I'd rather work with you. And she was like, let's make it happen. So like things are falling into place. But the reason why I do this and the reason why I, I continue to push forward is because for so long, 
people have told us we weren't valuable mm-hmm. for so long. It's like, you know, if I didn't have, you know, six abs instead of the one that I got. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You know, listen, I got this one ab. I flex it when I can. Um, sometimes I cramp up and I get scared. But <laughs> if I can't be this person, you mean to tell me I'm going to live my life, even though I was educated, even though I'm a daughter, a sister, a friend, all of this stuff, all of that was overshadowed because you thought I needed to lose weight. So I'm going to die. I don't know if this is an afterlife. I don't know yet. I'll tell you when I get there. But I'm going to literally stop my entire life because you don't like my body. And then when I'm 75 years old, sitting here in this wheelchair, you know, God forbid that I'm, you know, not able to actually move around. I'm going to say, I missed out on every single moment I could have because I let my size get in the way because of the rest of the world. I'm not sitting up here when I walk up a pair of stairs. I'm not like, oh, my God, I can't function. And even to those who may have complications, that doesn't mean they're less valuable. Valuable. That does not mean because you see my body, you're like, oh, she eat cheeseburgers all day or she don't take care of her health. There, the, the composite, there's no way, and I get it, there is science behind it that is talking about how weight is impacted by certain things that we indulge in, whether it be food or activities. But there is also science coming out telling you that it's debunking a lot of those myths. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you need somebody to debunk, bitch, I'm here. Yeah. Like, stop playing with me. Well, and a lot of those studies are actually funded by the companies that are th- slaying that product. So whatever it is. Like, you get, yeah. I, no, I'm serious. <laughs> you dig back into, like, the research of, like, uh, we had a study did this, and it's like, who funded a company? Okay, well, wow, you found positive results? I'm stunned. You paid for the study, and you got what you wanted to, to hear? Okay. That's not What's coincidental. That? Yeah, I know. So, I mean, that yeah, larger combo. But, um, well... I appreciate all that. I appreciate the light you're bringing to the conversation. I appreciate your time and energy in taking the time to explain and share your journey because I think that's a, a huge investment on your end and it's appreciated. Yeah. I'm with six listeners that are growing. Um, you can give me pockets. Three hours later, we're still like, and hey, thing. we're not even done. Um, I do want to, I want to ask you while, while we're on hour two. Um, how do you feel the impact of the conversation that like an Ashley Graham or a Lizzo mm-hmm. uh, or some of these voices, I'm going to say influencers, even before like models or talent, uh, voices that are, you know, kind of responsible sh- for shaping what our young people are seeing today. What's, wh- how do you feel about who they are, what they're saying, where you think our world's at right now? I think we're moving. And I asked, I even ask this question sometimes about where is the pendulum swing? Will it swing mm. back? Will we get back to a space where it's like, yeah, that was cool for what it's worth. You know, I even look at Lizzo and shout out to her because she is the first person who I have seen in my era that does the same thing. You will see Beyonce in a bodycon suit or, you know, um, mm-hmm. what is it called? Leotard. A leotard oh, yeah. with tights. Uh, Ariana Grande. Anybody else. You see them. Let Ariana Grande pop it wide. Everybody's like, oh my God. Lizzo do it. It's like, well, I don't think she did that. Why? Yeah. Her talent is there. Yeah. Her ability to move is there. Oh, I get it. Motherfucker, size. You don't like that. Yeah. You don't like that big cheeks in front of you that don't come with a small stomach? Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. And I won't say I get it, but you you, you got that for the, you got it for that moment. But I really am glad to be alive. Lizzo, answer my emails. Like, I'm begging Hey, girl, you. hey. She's listen. going to Denver, I think, next week. Well, listen. I'm just what, putting out there. Listen, I've been emailing, but... That's another story. But nevertheless, I think, you know, we think about that. But a lot of sometimes, a lot of sometimes, a lot of times um, I'm noticing with some influencer, like Ashley Graham was one to consider in a millennial space in this current time, one of the first plus size. Now, she's not the first, but she was the one who got on like Sports Illustrated. But I remember hearing an interview. She's like, yeah, I don't identify as plus size. And I'm like, my dog. 
Oh, yeah. She said, no, I saw her on uh, Kathleen Hoda, not Hoda and Jenna, my new source. <laughs> Again, judge accordingly. Um, and he, she said she didn't like being called plus size because she was just her size. And the way she said it, I'm botching it. But it was much more eloquently said. And I actually found it, speaking transparently, being like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I have this idea around plus size. Yeah. And I, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Mm. So, so you, you do or don't like that. Let's... I think the part that really I had to pay attention to was don't say you're not something when an entire community who does hold that identity Mm -hmm. has supported you to get you where you are. Mm, Okay. Because what happened is, like I said, again, it's Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because it's like when you were trying to get on, plus size was okay. Yeah. But now that you're there and you've made it, the conversation around plus size isn't the same. Now, my thing is people grow and change. I am not, you know staking her to the wall and saying like, oh, you should have stayed that way. You shouldn't grow. But also that intent versus impact. And I mm-hmm. get it. You Nobody owes you to be a role model. Especially yeah. like when you've grown, it's kind of like, come on now. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, don't forget who was who was rooting for you when nobody else would even breathe your name. Yeah. And when you do that, you have to be kind. That's like me in 10 years saying like, oh, I would never say the word fat. It's like, asshole, your whole brain has fat in it. So for me, you just have to think about those things because the amount of people who, I didn't personally feel a response, but when the amount of people who, like I was talking to, I'm talking about people with, like I said, 67,000 followers, they would bring it up like, yeah, Ashley Graham said she wasn't even plus size or the way she kind of phrased it, I didn't like it Mm -hmm. because it's like, you forgot who got you there. And I'm like, well, if this person has more influence at this point than me to, if you look at quantity versus quality, then you have to remember they're feeling some kind of way. So for yeah. me, when I look at this, I, I am very happy. I'm seeing the shift. I'm seeing people there. I just, you know, everybody like, no, we're here to stay. We're here to stay. And I'm just like, I want to believe that wholeheartedly. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that discussion. But I know how the Northern American context is because I've lived nowhere else. And I can also localize that to the only places I've lived mm. has always swing back at some point. It might swing back and come right back. But when the swing back happens, are we as a communal effort willing to withstand that because the drama is going to come? Yeah. So when it goes back to everybody like, oh, we want to be small again and that's what's up and you don't or you don't have value. Are you all going to stay strong? Or you're going to be like, shit, I knew it was going to happen. And you're going to break and fall apart in these spaces. Because of the one thing quickly I love about social media is we can create our own spaces. We can create those spaces. And people for some reason will jump in and be like, I, I had this one woman, she was like, I'm fat and I think the work that you're just doing is stupid. Just lose the weight. I'm like, all right, bet you first. Yeah. You do it first, I'm on the treadmill tomorrow. Hey. Yeah. And then she blocked me. So, hey, sis. <laughs> so, <laughs> with that mean, I say that to say, you cannot determine the next wave of anything. You can't determine who's going to love you and how long they're going to love you. Like, think of a relationship not to be you know, uh, from a deficit thought process. But think about that relationship with that person that did not work. Mm -hmm. You will probably kill to go to the day before you met them because you didn't know they were going to come in your life and impact that. Like, I think about the... I I have literally been in three relationships all my life. I'm about to turn 30. Mm -hmm. Three. I had no no in-betweens, one night... That just was never me because it was always my body because something that was said earlier resonated with me and I was having this conversation yesterday. You know, as a bigger body... I, the, the three relationships I was in, one of the men was like, uh, I was like, yo, yo, yo where your condom at? Like, this is not yeah. about to happen. He was like, oh, what you needed for? You lucky I'm fucking you. Whoa. And I guess he thought, you know, I was yeah. going to be that like, you're right. 
I start knocking shit over and left. Good for you. Yeah, I didn't That's... break nothing because I wanted to be respectful of people's stuff, but I should have broke them. Uh, for real. But again, mature response or another gold star for you. Uh, it's start up. These are, yeah, these are like some big hit decisions and reactions when you're a young human. Like this is this is. I mean, and I don't know. Again, it's a major awareness as a young person because that is. I don't know what you're exposed to that put that out there, or it's genetic, or you what experience. Because yeah, when you are me. living in a body that. And by body, I'm not just always talking about size. When we're living in a body, because race is a body image issue. Mm. And I think people forget that. And I really want to, I'm never going to stop talking about race. I don't talk about race from this, like, this deficit model. But it's real. And the yeah. and it's real. If I go somewhere else and they've never seen a fat black woman, I go into a store, and nine times out of ten, I'm going to be treated a certain way because of the experiences they have seen projected to them. Yeah. But nevertheless, the reason why I respond the way I respond is because, one, I only got so much life to live. Yeah. Like I can literally go outside. Please don't. But I could <laughs> I can literally go get outside and get blown off the map because I got hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. Like blown off the map. Like it's yeah. over. And my thing about it is because I have to live with those spaces, I'm standing on somebody else's stage and they conference and they dream. Somebody else's podcast who said this was a dream of mine and they're willing to listen to me. You think I'm about to let that little shit bother me? I don't I don't have the time. Now I will I would be real unhuman and unrealistic if I said it doesn't. Yeah. But I, I don't have the time for it, especially now that I'm busy. I used to be a person, as soon as I get a text, I respond back. Mm-hmm. Some days, now it'd be four weeks later, I'd be like, ah, shit. I got you. You don't open it so the dot stays there, you know, get to get back to it. Right now, my text message say 500 and something. People always What? Like, oh, my God. That gives me anxiety. But it's like, I know Jeez. some of the messages, some of them ain't never going to get answered. Okay, guys, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Sliding in the DMs, basically. Crazily not seen. It's not, it's not yeah. seen. And it's not to be rude to me, but I tell people all the time, I even make... Facebook says, I'm like, hey, if there's something I was supposed to do for you, just remind me. Because Spicy Granny forgot, okay? Because I am a, I'm a grandmother <laughs> in the group, but I'm spicy. <laughs> hey, spicy. I, uh, well, and that's as entrepreneurs and we're in pursuit of furthering our voices, our messages, and obviously making money, the only finite resource out there is time. Mm-hmm. And it is a big deal. And I think it, it, you do, as a 38-year-old, I'm still drinking in the concept of uh of yeah knowing like you know here's my value and here's the, the dollar amount i put to and blah 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 but i knew if i was hit by a bus tomorrow things ended you know within a short amount of time mm-hmm. you look back in those last two weeks those last years those last couple years and it's like all right what really mattered what what really mattered in that point would i would i have edited what i had said would i've waited on this cast would i've done this would i've uh made different choices we don't, none of us really know. So whatever the message is, whatever uh, speaks to you, and obviously you can speak passionately so it matters, you, as calculating yes. as we want to be, like you have to just put it out there. You have mm-hmm. to embrace these opportunities um, to speak, to listen, to be heard, to say what you have to say, even though there's repercussions around everything. Yes. Um, I could literally say taco meat and it probably piss them off. Probably. Well, you know, they maybe will go viral. We don't know. It's. There, I always think there's like... I love taco meat, though. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Taco Bell's right up there. Yeah, um, there's... there's uh, push and pull with all things and perhaps something goes wrong. I don't know. There's just like blessing and curses with everything that we do, intentional or not. Mm-hmm. And there's larger order. And I don't know. I, I just appreciate conversation and I appreciate uh, people that are questioning a better way, fighting the good fight mm-hmm. for no more reason than just having something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you'll make a lot of money one day. I think your voice is going to be heard. She said it, Joe. Yeah, I'm putting it out there. Uh, my lips to God's ears. Mm-hmm. But... I, 
I know I, we coming to a close. We've been talking for three hey, days. Hey, what? It's all good. I mean, when the sun was literally setting on Raymond yesterday. I was like, damn, we didn't even cover like fifty of the questions I had. Um, okay, we gonna do. You wanna ask any question? I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep yeah. it real short. Well, wait. These are these are. I mean, that was kind of my questions. Like social pop culture. We got into the academic. We got into your platforms. Uh, is there anything else you wanna share? Put out into the universe. Put out to like a mission statement. Uh, goals. It'll be on recording. Even though I know you got a cast. Anything else you want? Opportunity, the mic's in front of you. So anything else you want to speak on? My cash app is dollar sign. No, you know. Go, girl. Send me, if, if a thousand people send me a dollar, you would <laughs> this change. Is, this is our GoFundMe minus the, the fee of GoFundMe. Please, because when I got a GoFundMe, I think somebody sent me $5 and it was like $2 in my account. I said, what the, what? what? Oh, no, that's a whole business setup. Oh, we'll talk about that. Skip that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I was no. Like, never, I was like, hey, dog, I just come pick it up. <laughs> I work, no, I work in nonprofits. That's a whole other business combo. Don't waste your time on those things. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I, I got you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But I think what I want to necessarily leave the world with is change is not easy. We hear these yeah. campaigns about like, you know, there's a change going to come, a change, change, change. But what does that change mean? Have you really took the time to define it? Have you really thought about your intent versus impact? Have you really thought about that the, your work should no longer center you? If your work centers you, you're doing the wrong thing. And at first when I heard that, I was like, the hell you mean? Like, this about me. But it makes me think of Okay, so this police car just drove by. I don't know what in Bloomington. It's been going on. I know this. The town is relatively chill, isn't it? You're the you're, you live here. You tell me. It's getting crazy, but during the during the summer, it's like maybe a couple times a week. We've had but, like five. Like but five during times. the school year, I don't know what oh. what students do. Okay. But like they're jumping from their bunk beds or something because we're, I, we're on our way to that frat party. So whatever's going on, okay, we're in route. We'll figure that listen, I'm a twirl these heels. <laughs> um, but I, I really don't understand. But nevertheless, whatever you do, do it from a sense of social responsibility. I think now we've tried to lead with an iron fist. We try to lead with head first and there has been changes in the world. You know, we can get into gentrification, red line, we can get deep, but at this point, I think you have to remember and recall the fact that when you do certain things like this, when you do your social responsibility now should be more important. We've tried the iron fist thing. Okay, so let's now leave from a space of emotions. Whether we want to get I don't care if you get the most emotionless person in the world. Let them get mad. Mm -hmm. Shit gonna get real. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is every human has emotions. The way we respond in certain ways, we've we've classified as like, okay, this is what happy looks like. Mm -hmm. But my, I used to tell my sister when I was younger, the only word in the dictionary should really be defined because your experiences are going to map out how you look at that. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you come to a person and you say like, oh, well, I feel like this is a chair. Somebody yeah. else could walk up and be like, this is a bloopity bloopity. Yeah. In their mind, that's bloopity bloopity. You can't change that. Yeah. Even though the rest of the world, but because somebody else came together and pre created a, a, a idea and a concept and the rest of the world was like, fuck it, all right, we're going to go with that. Because why are we arguing with that? You, We need to be able to challenge because that's how we grow. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to share because that's how we understand and create concepts. But at the same time, we need to know how we're impacting. Mm -hmm. And we know we need to know that intent. So even with the work that I do with Fatness Fiction and Plus Size Magic Radio, I'm going to get pushed back and it's always literally the health part. The hell, if you don't like the way I look, hell, it's some people out here. Somebody, something I heard years ago, everybody is ugly to somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't care how fine you are. Somebody literally it's looking at me. It is. And yeah. somebody looking at me, I was like, she ugly as hell. Mm -hmm. And the rest of them were like, oh, how? I mean, she called don't me today like, yeah. you want to swap faces? I'm be like, all right, come on. No. <laughs> I'm in Bloomington. You want to yeah. come? <laughs> you want to come put your nose on my nose? But like, those are the things because it comes with certain things. And I feel like 
the more and more we do this work, the more and more we have access to technology, we are literally opening up portals to be so vulnerable. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with that vulnerability because it has left them in broken spaces. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do, lead with a clear mind. If you, some of my grandfather told me years ago, he said, my grandfather is a, he's a man of few words. So when he says something, we go, huh? Besides when he always asks me but you know, like, he, give me some water. I'm like, you in the kitchen. Like, I'm down the street. Why do you want me to come home and do this? He has done that. And he knows he what? is. I hope he hears this. Yes. Pisses me off, but I love you, granddad. Shout out to James Steeples. But nevertheless, in that moment, when I think about my grandfather, he said something to me. He said, should. And when I see that little leg tapping, I'm like, all right, he about to, he about to throw some game. What's up, grandpa? Yeah, Tell me the streets. Yeah, yeah. He was like, if you ever feel something, he's like, if you ever go to do anything, and it's all, it's like immediately you have a second thought. He said, even if it lasts just a half a second, don't do it. Hmm. And I was like, what? He was like, because if you, if you were supposed to do it, you wouldn't have a problem. He said, but if it's something cross your mind and you feel like, oh, I shouldn't do it. He's like, go with that. Trust your gut. Tr- literally trust your yeah. gut instinct. And it's so many times that has saved me, you know, you know, they say birds of a feather flock together. I feel like I'm the bird that just kind of chew with everybody. And I'm just <laughs> like, man, look, whatever you, hey, if you're going to go over and throw your eggs yeah. out the tree. I don't suggest it, but follow your heart. Do you just yeah. put some grass or something down there so they don't crack? So for me, when I think about my friends and the choices they made, they're not necessarily the choices I would have made. And I have been observing, and it saved me from a lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak, uh, probably pregnancies that I they had to deal with that I didn't have to deal with. And it's just because I was able to see this, and these are my experiences. Yeah. You know, a lot of people. One of my friends, shout out to Simone. She like, oh, okay, famous, because she's like. You're grinding. I'm 30. Everybody now has started asking a question. What about babies? What about a husband? Oh, 30. About- you don't think I get that all the time? Like, your clock's ticking. I was like, for my podcast. Oh, right. And they're like, no, oh, my about your kids. My I was life? like, oh, damn, you're right. Well, I'll source that. And I'll just make some, you know, dark joke that's probably too, like, deep for them. And they're like, oh, that's weird. But you're going to outsource. You're down with the surrogate. And I'm like, okay, we're not even opening up that Pandora's box. But yes, hell yes. Um, If I could afford it. Listen, uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Keep. So, yeah, so the, even with that, it's like you, you're you put up against these social constructs. Yeah. You know, I have these times like, what if it all don't pay off? What if you don't get to this next level? What if this? What if that? Like, you hear so much about it. And I just want to remind the world that at the end of the day, you have to continue to flourish for you. Yeah. One thing they tell you on the airplane, at first, when I first started, the very first time I flew, which was in... Uh, January of either 2015 or 16. So I recently just got on my, you know, like okay. got on my first flight. But now, so I've your been, car has a hundred thousand miles. <laughs> listen, that's why. But I can't afford. It's easy to put like a hundred dollars yeah. aside for gas versus three hundred dollars for a flight, and then got to figure out how I'm gonna drive yeah. around. But nevertheless, um, something that I really took into mind was on the the flight attendant. The first time I heard, it, I thought it was weird, but they said. You know, um, in the case of oxygen drops in this place, put on your mask first and help somebody else. And I was like, no, why would you do that? You need to help the old people and the kids. But how can I pour from an empty cup? I can't save you if I can't breathe. Because at that time, if you could save me, you would have helped me. I'm helping you because you don't have the ability right now to actually extend and pour from that. So I have to make sure I'm good and then I'm going to get to you. And when I thought about that concept, I'm like, yeah, like, how could you see yourself? That feels selfish, but it's that's the only way. But it's not saying you're not going to help. Right. You're just putting yourself in a position to say, like, okay, I'm putting this mask on, you know, grandma here, and here I am passing out. Now she doesn't have the help because I'm not doing it adequately. But if I can hurry up and do what I got to do because I'm the one who can help, yeah. you're going to move faster, get it done, and then help somebody else. Yeah. So I hope that in that 20-second session, it was like 40. But anyway, but I hope people really take from this moment that, 
there's always going to be two sides to the coin. People are going to look at things differently based on their experiences. And you have to recognize and realize that doesn't diminish who you are. And that if somebody is different from you, it doesn't diminish. Like I said, I will always go back. As long as you don't fit none of the phobias, mm. you good with me. If you yeah. say, you know, like, all I eat all day is mice tails. I'm going to be like, I don't know what that tastes like. Mice tails? Like, but what? Is that a thing? I don't know. I just... Oh, okay, go but, like, that's you. You need a lot you, of those. <laughs> I love them grilled, spicy, <laughs> split open. Not a lot there. Okay. You know? Okay. But if, if you're in that space, like, don't judge someone just because it's something different from you. And the work that I do and I continue to do around this topic is just to let you know we're more than what, you know, these bigger corporations have benefited on. Literally, diets, 97% failure rate. Yeah. Would you put a house on land that was 97% going to slide when it rained? And that's a multi-billion dollar industry. Multi-billion. And I'm just trying to get like $5 out y'all pay some rent. But my thing about it is think about the things that you would do. If you knew your car was 97% damaged, would you drive it? Mm -hmm. If you knew something. So don't think. And then people are like, what about the other 3%? What about it? Let's unpack it. Yeah. Let's talk about that because it's not talked about. So for the people it has been successful, are we looking at them holistically? How's your mental health? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? I met so many people who were bigger bodies who lost weight who said, I'm still unhappy. Yeah. yeah. So that's the work that I want to do to recognize that the identities you may or may not have doesn't give you privilege to continue to judge and oppress somebody else just because they don't have it. Boom. Amen. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. That's why I was so pumped about this conversation um, because the, Reality is nothing more than applied meaning, and you just have to be so conscious of where those meanings are coming from, whether it's corporate America, our families, our peers, what have you, you just have to understand and get back to your own truths mm-hmm. um, and ask some of these hard questions. So I applaud you, mm-hmm. and uh, appreciate you. I appreciate your time and energy. Appreciate your voice and viewpoints and obviously witty sense of humor. Nice. Um, <laughs> where, where do we find you? Give us the socials. Give us the handles. Magazine podcast. I'm down the street. I'm always down the street. Whatever hey. street you're on, I'm down it. No, that's um, real. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook. I used to be a big Twitter person, but then, I don't know, like, Twitter just... I never got into Twitter. Man, I used to have, like, on my old page, it... Uh, it was a, It is a thing. Yeah. It is a thing. I had, like, 25000 too, because I can't get back into what? the page. Oh, okay. But I used to be dropping some, like, intellectual stuff. Yeah. But now I just post a picture or something. But you can find <laughs> me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Fatness Fiction. That's F-A-T-N-E-S-S-F-I-C-T-I-O-N. You can also send me an email at info at fatnessfiction.com. My website is fatnessfiction.com. I try to keep things, you know, con- Brand consistent. consistent. Yeah, you You're know. getting thumbs up from Brandy Professional right Come now. Come on now. If a professional says it, do Gold it. Go stars. Listen, <laughs> or you can find me on my personal Instagram, which is where, you know, I'll post a nice little outfit or something, you know, something <laughs> positive. It's Sugar Cubes, which is S-H-U-G-G-A-R-C-U-B-E-S. My social security number, because I know I'm Hey, <laughs> driver's license, go. Listen. Yeah. S-M. Yeah, it. podcast name. Did you say that? Oh, yeah. Sorry. So I have a podcast. It's Plus Size Magic Radio. So you can find that on SoundCloud or on Apple iTunes okay. um, or Apple Podcasts. Podcast, so yeah. it's, it's Spotify. Not yet. So I need what? to I need to branch out and put it on. I think board. you just click something on that. I learned Libsyn. I learned all the back end. Okay. So I think you just it's a click of a button or something. Well, so I will easy. click this button. And yeah. hopefully by the time y'all hear I'm on Spotify. If not, I forgot. But, um, um, yeah, you can find me there. Plus Size Magic Radio. I try most... 97% of the time I release an episode every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So um, okay. you can go there. Um, when I finally get to episode 100, which will probably be before the end of this year, um, it will just, I'm going to go back to kind of sharing my narrative because now these 80 
almost 90 episodes have been featured people because I feel like one of the main things I do, my biggest question is how do you define your body? Yeah. Because I'm trying to construct this narrative, not only for dissertation purposes, but how, how do we create this manifesto of how we look at our body? So, yeah, you can find me always there. You know, holler at me, jump in my DMs if you need to. If you got a brother, let me know. Hey, uh, perfect. Well, I'm going to gonna listen to some of these casts. I'm going to stand in a humble space knowing that... Mine might be very humble by yours, but that's okay. No, we're, not we're at all. One thing about it is, listen, they, they, I wish I had a studio. I tell people all the time, I wish I could just have one-on-one. Yeah. A lot of stuff I do virtually, and so it doesn't have this, like, back and forth. Yeah. It's kind of like, ask a question, be quiet, let you respond, and you can't really jump in because the audio cuts you off. So there's still a lot of growth on my end, especially on the audio side. If I had more in-depth, in-person conversations, yeah. it can grow. So it's literally probably, like, 87 episodes of fucking up. I mean, life metaphor. <laughs> that's how we, that's how humans roll. So Listen. pack a helmet and a best friend because you're going to need both. Um, well, I appreciate you. I appreciate no, this conversation. Uh, I always like to do like catch ups or check in. And so I, I hope we cross paths in six months or I'll check in just to see like Listen. what's different from what we talked about. And we talked about a lot. Where, yeah, hell yeah, we did Tangents. two hours, my girl. Uh, and it was real. But uh, again, in, in it, and I identify when you say like, Time is energy and money and all these things. So I sincerely, when I say I appreciate you coming here to speak and take the time, we, you've been working all day. We've been at a conference. Like the energy is high. Yeah. But to come, <laughs> come speak and be on the mic is a big deal. So from my heart space to yours, I appreciate it. I think I believe in the power of conversation. And I think while we're having fun and having drinks, I, I think change can happen, whatever that is. And impact is real. Uh, intention is also important. Well, thank so, you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Look for this girl. Let's look what she's doing next. Would you? Is there anything that's coming up next? We know event-wise, we need to hear about. So I am on my third annual photo shoot tour. If you are interested, go to Fat. Give it to the art, but yes, yes. Oh, photography's awesome. I told you last time. I'm like, I need to hear this. And she, I, I, you're like, yeah, we'll tell you in a minute. And I never got to hear. But anyways, okay. Well, you tell me what you want. I'll talk to you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the photos. Uh, she's intentional or not. Again, as a branding marketing professional, I think you've checked all these boxes. So if you've got you know artists, humans, people that want to listen on the cast academia uh you you're lassoing uh your community if you will getting that cattle together mm. put them in my farm so check her out but what events coming up oh so the uh Plus Size Magic, Fatness Fiction presents the Plus Size Magic third annual photo shoot tour. Well, I will be going to a plethora of cities from Chicago, Detroit. Um, I'm actually working on Florida. I met someone today who was like, yo, can you come and bring to Florida? I was yes. like, for sure. You know, um, when I do these tours, I try to have a nice amount of people there because a lot of people feel like, oh, you're making all this money. Like, you get a 30-minute session for $75. Yeah. You're not going to find that pretty much anywhere in a lot of spaces. Unless it's the artist is up and coming. Um, like with the magazine, for me to print one magazine is $14.88. I charge $15 for the magazine. So I'm at home throwing nickels in the air, mm. you know, geeked off that. But then <laughs> shipping comes into play. That's 2 $3. So I'm still always on the deficit end, and nobody's paying me to do pictures. Nobody's doing all that. So I say that to say... It's not easy. The hustle is not easy. People will think like, oh, you sold a thousand magazines. I'm not getting a bulk deal right now because I'm not printing three, four thousand copies. Yeah. I'm printing 50 copies. That's running me $300 to print 50 copies. Okay. They are here racing. <laughs> Fast and Furious Dude, 22. For real. Tag us. Uh, but so for me, like when I see that, it's just, 
the only reason I'm doing it is because of the passion, the way it feels when people post it and say, like, oh my God, this is me in a magazine. Like you're not reading a collection of just me. Like every magazine really quickly is tri-monthly. So December is the inaugural issue. So it'll always be the anniversary month. That's okay. my birthday month. So it's always going to be topic around holidays, New Year's. What does that look like? Then March is like pre-spring. What does it look like to get prepared when we have this rhetoric tomorrow? Get your new body, blah, blah, blah. June is summer. Summer has always been fat phobic. And nobody wants to talk about that. What does it look like? How do we talk about plus size bodies and swimwear and fashion? And how does it mean to just exist? Ways to increase your health holistically. Mm-hmm. And then September is the brand um, anniversary. So it's always the anniversary issue. And then this, um, that starts the photo shoot tour. And then in December, again, the photo shoot tour is highlighting December issue. So even though, you know, it wasn't that deep of a thought process when I did it, it all made so much sense. Because as a student, I can't do it every month. I can't release that a podcast do homework and then try to breathe as well i try to but it's not yeah. easy so if you're in one of the cities visit fatnessfiction.com go to the top photo shoot tour um it ends at the the third week in december so i can get things into the magazine and then you know check it out okay online in real life spoken word here uh the work is the work is real work uh, is I, I gotta give a shout out because you just said my startups my startup companies my startup humans you don't, the margins are small, the energy ask is high, like you bleed what you do. And God, those are my favorite situations. Cause it's just, it's so real. Like it is so real and there's not money coming in. It's all going to pay off. And I know I sound like the tooth fairy right now, but it tooth is, fairy. it's coming. Um, we'll wrap up. Check out my girl, Elise. She's got a lot to say. She is Super smart and super funny, and that is a dangerous combo. The one-two punch. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so listen, she's got some phenomenal rhetoric, if you will, getting in there and uh, creating change. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your mission, and I can't wait to see what's next. Cheers. We'll sign off. Hey. Fourteen days later. Right. <laughs> Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.